Welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast. Either you go by Coco or none for Gretchen Winters. <laughs> Why are you recording this? <laughs> Alright, boys and girls, welcome back to the Grave Plot Podcast. I am Skeletoni. And I am Taylor of Terror. He's back! I have returned. Uh, this is episode 61. How you feeling? Uh, I'm on the mend. Yeah? My voice isn't as trashed as I was thinking it was going to be. Those of you that uh, may notice that this episode came out almost a week late, this is because of me. I was sick. He was infirmed. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, I think we've both recorded sick before. Probably. But this one was like this one was like trashing my throat and like I there's no way I was gonna make it through like a two hour episode and we just did an interview too so <clears throat> yeah like I you know you can go through a, a stuffy nose or something like that but yeah if it's if it's your throat that's it's kind of an important part of podcasting right and it started with my throat too it doesn't usually start with the throat so like I usually feel it like in my sinuses first. And it slowly works its way down into my throat. And then eventually my chest was just kind of where it is now. That's what she said. (laughs) Starts in her throat and then gets all over her chest. Yeah. Yeah, it does. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, Yeah, so, but I'm on the mend and um, I'm I'm making it through. Good. Keep on trucking. Good. Good. Uh, how about you? How, how was your trip? It was good. It was yeah. fun. What did you do? Uh, you know, it was it was it was fairly low key. Um, you know, we didn't go for any specific reason. We just first day we went and uh, had lunch with my girlfriend's parents and my buddy Ahmet. Shout out to Ahmet. <laughs> what up, Ahmet? <laughs> um. <laughs> And then we went to uh, this shop bar, which is, I've only been there twice, but I really like it there. They have just like stupid shots. And like some of them come with like music or like a performance. Uh, since there was four of us, we got Ninja Turtle shots. And so we each got one and they were all, you know, there was a blue one, a purple one, an orange one and a red one. I and, got it. Yeah. And then the the guy brings brings us all weapons. <laughs> There's like, you know, the, the nunchucks and the sword and everything. And then he plays the Ninja Turtles theme. Awesome. And so we all toast it to turtle power. <laughs> and then he, the guy comes back and he's like, good job, turtles. Fuck Shredder. <laughs> this is the bartender? Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> and uh, let's see. What else did we do? Oh, the, the next day we went to Brooklyn. And we're like, awesome. Brooklyn, Brooklyn. We're like, so we're going to go to Williamsburg and we're going to get brunch at the Rabbit Hole and then we're going to get pizza at Vinny's and then we're going to get mac and cheese at Brooklyn Mac and then we're going to get bagels at the bagel store. And then you're going to walk. And then, <laughs> then we got there. We went to brunch at the Rabbit Hole and we went, we are fucking full. <laughs> there is no room in our stomach for the rest of all these things. Yeah. So we walked around McCarran Park for about an hour until we got enough energy to split a slice of pizza. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much how it was when I went to New York, too. Well, actually, pretty much our whole trip. Um, you know, each city kind of has its own little niche as far as 
like what like a kind of a specialty food. Um, but, but I mean, New York especially, you know, the pizza and bagels and mm-hmm. all that shit, and it's like it was just, there. There was a not enough time to do it because we were busy doing other shit and like because we were staying in New Jersey trying to get into the city and then walk to all of our different locations and then do like eating in the middle of all those things it just wasn't a lot of time um but yeah i mean it's like if we're too full we don't want to walk yeah <laughs> and we're not fucking taking a taxi and we, then we were like you know we'll just get some bagels to go cuz the the bagel store is right down the street from my girlfriend's old apartment mm-hmm. and we used to go there you know, all the time and just get a bagel. But apparently uh, it's been discovered. Wow. And now it's like lines around the corner at all times. <laughs> so we were like, fuck that. Can a bagel, can one particular bagel be that much better than any of the other bagels? I, in they, I don't know. They have rainbow bagels. Oh, that place? Yeah. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> they don't taste any different. No. Just, like I, I watched uh, some, like a news report or something about the place that makes those and yeah they said that all they do is put dye in the in the dough yeah but I don't know that's dumb uh we did go see Mike Birbiglia while we were there though I saw that I didn't know you were doing that I yeah. mean actually I saw tickets on your on your fridge here but I didn't know they were from New York <laughs> oh yeah his new show is great yeah yeah like I don't know what I assume eventually they're gonna record it and put out a special but it's it's possibly his funniest yet Really? Yeah. That's a bold statement. It's damn good. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. <coughs> um, so what did you think of the ep- last episode? I thought it went, it went well. One thing I have noticed about both you and your dad, and more so when you guys are together, you both talk kind of slowly. Okay. <laughs> and, like, and like I said, it, it gets kind of exacerbated when you guys are together because you, you both kind of slow down to the other one's pace. <laughs> just, just so we're finally talking like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, like, yes, your dad can talk a lot, but the episodes probably could be about half an hour shorter. <laughs> I tried to wrangle him as much as I could. Like, I tried to keep things moving. He's a storyteller, man. He definitely is. And, you know, I can't... I can't it's good stuff though. You don't want to cut him off. Yeah, he he he's saying like like uh, interesting things. It's not he's not just rambling, right? Like we tend to do, right? <laughs> it's probably why people have probably turned the episode off by now, right? But um, yeah, he's you know he always says interesting things. So yeah, like you said, it's hard to cut him off. Or even when I'm editing, you know, sometimes when you know even regular episodes, it's like okay, you know, one of us is talking too much and it's not really saying anything important so i'm gonna chop this part out yeah with him it's it's hard to to find a place to do that because his his stories are so interconnected and it's it's difficult it's because he reads so much stephen king yeah uh uh there was something i was gonna talk about but i probably shouldn't (laughs) okay but yeah i won't i won't mention that um good to have you back thank you it's good to be back and uh fuck max (laughs) yeah we were god this episode i I can't say it almost didn't happen just because we knew it was going to be delayed for a while now well since the day we were going to record right which is kind of how it works five days (laughs) 
But I mean, like my cold started hitting me on Friday. Like I woke up with a sore throat, and I thought maybe it was just allergies, or I was like snoring all night, mm. and so maybe my throat, throat was just dry. But it didn't get better throughout the day. And by Saturday, it started really hitting me, and just like, okay, I'm not, I'm not gonna make it. <laughs> um, so I, it was it was freaking. Well, like Friday when I was at the movies, I texted you and I said, you know, I'm, I'm the only person in the theater, and you were like, right, you were like. Is it not on VOD? <laughs> yeah. I was like, no. And you're like, we may have a problem. So then like the next day, I told my girlfriend, oh, I guess Tony's sick, so we're not recording. She goes, is he sick or did he just not do his homework? <laughs> Truth be told, I hadn't watched one of the <clears throat> movies, but I intended to watch it Saturday morning. I just didn't because I knew we were going to record. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was an interesting story. I'll, I'll sort of... Uh, elaborate when we get into that review um anyway so we got a couple of changes around here (laughs) uh kind of changing up our format a little bit um nothing too drastic but we're gonna try and i don't know loosen things up a little bit we feel like our horror business section has gotten a little too uh not scripted, but formulaic. Formulaic, yeah. Um, so we're it's also gotten a little long. It, de- it definitely has gotten long. It's, it's and, grown over the years, and that's what she said. Hey, oh, <laughs> over the years, it took that fucking long. Maybe he was on extends. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we're, we're yeah, we're not going to be as uh, what's the word. Uh, Formulaic, not for that's not what I'm trying to say. But we're not going to be so uh, newsy. Yeah, I guess <laughs> we're going to be more try to try to be more just discussion. It's it, like it got to this point where we had so many stories, and we're but we're still trying to put it in the same amount of time. And so we're like, yeah, this happened. Okay, fuck it, let's go. What else we got? Yeah, and you know. And so then, like, we tried to cut it down by doing remains and just kind of doing these quick hitters, but it still just kept going. Yeah, and. You know, it's like like you said, we weren't really getting into conversations we wanted to have. Uh, you know, we may have wanted to talk more about something, but it always always felt like there was some pressure to, you know, just get your thoughts out as quickly as possible until we move on. And then also the opposite, where we would talk about something and be like, okay, I don't really, I, it turns out I don't give a shit about this. Right. <laughs> so uh, we're going to be trying to be less um formulaic and less uh structured and a little more fluid in how we do things and hopefully it'll make for a better show we'll see yeah what we're gonna start doing is the the horror business section uh we're officially making real world horror a permanent thing it's kind of unofficially became one but now it's it's officially going to be the first part of horror business every episode yeah it kind of really depended on whether or not there was a real world horror story to talk about yeah there seems to be one pretty consistently. Right. I mean, eventually we'll come to a point where there won't be. I know we will. And then, then we'll just make something up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then we're going to do the top five horror stories of the past two weeks, according to us. Right. In our eyes. Anything we feel like we can bullshit about for however long. Yeah. Um, so um, that being said... Actually, before we get into horror business and, you know, one last little point of business, um, this is, of course, uh, month of May. Oh, uh, right. 
and that is Cystic Fibrosis Awareness Month. I talked about it briefly at the end of last episode, but we're officially here. Um, and so are the 2016 CF Awareness Month shirts in the Grave Plot shop. Um, and they are available for purchase for $24.99. Uh, $19.99 up to size 2x. Twenty four ninety nine for 3x and above. Right. Yeah, we're 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 gonna change our store, our storefront, because some things have changed in our distributor that we're not keen on. So we're gonna change things up and eventually thing the shirts will be twenty dollars again. Uh and what were were the three X ones always twenty five? Yeah. Okay. So prices won't change that much, but um like at this point, we're getting like four dollars uh, commission on a shirt. For us to get that, just on our like other grave plot shirts, that's whatever. I mean, we don't sell a lot of shirts, so any money's good money. <laughs> yeah, and it's not costing us anything. We're not we're not making the shirts. We're not ordering a bulk of shirts, so we're not really paying anything for the shirts right so that's basically just free money yeah previously we were getting about five dollars or five fifty five yeah something like that five um, sixty I think. which if you are paying attention you may have noticed that that is <clears throat> the amount of the donation for the cystic fibrosis shirts that you buy um that's because our commission on that on each of each one of those shirts sold goes directly to the cystic fibrosis foundation due to some changes in the commission policy with our distributor um that has gone down and you know i for one i'm sure taylor feels the same that's just not gonna fly yeah i'm also not happy that the price has changed on some things. Like if you go to our store, you'll notice hoodies are now forty six dollars. Right, and they were like thirty five before. Uh, thirty nine ninety nine. Well, forty forty dollars. Were they? Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, and we actually made less commission on those than we did on the t shirts. Um, but yeah, the, the that's nothing to do with us. They they like Tony said they changed the the formula that they're using, and so it's just the base price is the price now. We can't change that. Yeah, yeah. It's just a flat across the board commission percentage right we don't we used to get to pick our markup yeah and we don't get to do that anymore right um and so yeah we're gonna change some things up look for a different distributor which we're gonna hopefully by the time you're hearing this we've already done that uh we've got one in mind and we're probably gonna be changing that up here in the next couple days um and get that going for you by the time you're hearing this episode but back to the subject uh cf month uh cf awareness month um you know, we did this last year. Uh, those of you that are longtime listeners already know the deal, but if we have any newer uh, listeners, last year, February, uh, my brother passed away. He was a, he was a CF patient, um, and he was uh, 28 years old, um, and he just fought really hard for those 28 years and um just kind of lost the battle eventually and um it was really rough for our entire family um and you know all of our friends 
and um, but in order to honor him uh, last year we did this CF Awareness Month uh, we actually had uh, a, a uh, CF doctor on the show mm-hmm. uh, you can go back and listen to that I don't remember the exact sh- episode number but uh, if you look back in May of last year we also had MC Chris. MC Chris, yeah. Still, I still cannot believe that happened. Yeah, he's uh, a, a CF fundraiser as well. Um, but we did that all in the name of uh, raising awareness. Uh, we we made T-shirts last year. I uh, actually featured art by my brother. He was uh, a, a bit of an artist, and he had a, <laughs> a, a zombie that he drew in one of his art books that I put on the shirt and um but uh we did fairly well i think we i forget exactly how much we raised i want to say it was like 90 dollars. was it that much i okay. think so um but did pretty well um and that's that's like uh, like i said a five dollar or 550 commission that goes directly to the cf foundation donated on behalf of the grave plot listeners um and we're doing that again this year um the shirt i i it's all hand drawn by me uh, it's a cool design too i like it thank you it was uh i was kind of toying around with it and like I, I can't remember if i was talking to you or if i was talking to my sister but it's like i have this idea about some lungs and like a like a like preserved and like formaldehyde with maybe some like wires running out of it, running out of them. I was like, but I'm worried that might be a little too grim. And w- w- was that you? I was that was me. Yeah. Okay. And you said, I don't think that's too bad. Like, All right. So yeah, I went with it. And yeah, I really like how it turned out. It is. It's hard to balance this, you know, horror is all about death, but this is like a life. Thing. Yeah. So you have to find this balance of not being too dark, but still tr- trying to incorporate. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, by purchasing one of these shirts, like it's, they're nineteen ninety nine right now. I mean, as of, as of this recording, by the time we do it, they'll probably back, be back up to an even twenty dollars or twenty five for three X and above. If you can't spring the extra penny, email me and I'll mark it down for you. <laughs> and uh, your the five fifty of each each shirt, not each purchase, but each shirt uh, gets donated to the CF Foundation. Um, you know, cystic fibrosis, if you're not familiar with it, it's a genetic disease that affects uh, the lungs and digestive system. Um, it's not super popular. It's not super well-known because it's a relatively small, not not contained, but um, it only affects about 70,000 people worldwide. There are about 70,000 CF patients in the world. Now, that's not a very big number considering, you know, you've got, you know, millions with cancer and AIDS and, you know, heart disease and things like that. But you have to take into account somebody like my brother, where he was the one with the CF, but he had four family, direct, four immediate family members. He had close to 50 extended family members and hundreds of friends. I mean, I mean that's not, I'm not kidding. We had two memorial services for him because he lived in L.A. Um, but, you know, he grew up here, of course. So when we went down there before he passed and we were down there for a memorial service, there was probably about 100 people there. 
Um, and then we came back up here and had another one for all his friends up here. And there's just as many people here. Yeah. And so, I mean, there it was saying that there, you know, CFFX one person, it's, it's not, it's untrue because my brother was one person, but his disease affected hundreds of people. So if you take into account that there's a strong possibility that every single CF patient has that network around them. Now, I mean, my brother was a very unique person, (laughs) Uh, you know, CF aside. But um, if, you know, if even a percentage of CF patients have that kind of family and friend network surrounding them, uh, you know, you're multiplying that 70,000 by hundreds. Yep. <clears throat> so it's a genetic disease um, to carry. Or it, it requires the gene, the CF gene from both parents. Both parents have to be carriers. Uh, otherwise, you it, it, CF can't be uh, transmitted or not, not transmitted, but it requires the two genes. If one person, if one parent's a carrier and the other's not, then no CF. It just doesn't happen. Um, and if you have, if you have two parents with a CF gene, I believe it's a, a like a one in three or one in four chance that you will have a CF child. Wow. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's the odds. You know, you have there. There are odds that you'll have a CF child, and then there are odds that you're non-CF child will be a carrier. We know that my sister's not because she was tested for it. I think they attempted to test me, but I was a little kid and didn't want to have my blood drawn or anything. I didn't want to be tested. You're a little asshole about it. (laughs) So I don't know if I'm a carrier. My wife doesn't know if she's a carrier. She, to my my knowledge and to her knowledge, there's no history of CF in her family, but that doesn't really mean anything. Right. So we both need to be tested. And you know, if we're care, if we're both carriers, then we have some decisions to make. It's yeah, a, it's, it's a scary thing. Um, so CF is uh, it's it in patients, it's a relatively low number compared to other diseases, but it doesn't mean it's it affects a small amount of people. It affects millions of people, mm-hmm. without a doubt. So, please go to our shop, check out the shirt, um, and go ahead. If, if, if you like it, buy the shirt, and we will donate five dollars and fifty cents on your behalf. Um, and if, I mean, if you don't want a shirt, or if you want to donate more, uh, there's a link on our website that goes to Tony's brother's memorial page at the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation, or you can just go straight to cff.org and right. donate there. Yeah, and yep. Yeah, Please do either one. I mean, uh, it, it, it means a lot, not only to me and Taylor, but to my family and to every CF patient around the world and, you know, every friend and family member that they have to. So, uh, I mean, it, it's not much, but it does a lot. So please check it out and, and help out where you can. All right. So. Moving on from there, I think we can go ahead and jump into the hopefully new and improved horror <laughs> business. 
Alright, starting out with real world horror. Uh, this is just bad news. Uh, I want to say hat tip to listener TJ Doyle for telling us about the story. Oh. Alright, thank you, TJ. I didn't know that. Yeah. If you guys have a horror business story that you think we would be interested in, by all means, send it our way. Yeah, please do. Um, this, yeah, this is bad news. Bad, bad news. So, have you ever wondered how the zombie apocalypse starts? <laughs> you know, well, I think a lot of times you probably just think, oh, yeah, it'll be, you know, some kind of virus or... Like a mutated rabies or something. Something. Mad cow disease. Something. You never think that somebody's going to do it on purpose. <laughs> right? You wouldn't think so. <laughs> you wouldn't think, hey, let's reanimate the dead for funsies. We're science. We're all about can we, not should we. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that's not stopping uh, some, what's this? Do they have a name? Uh, BioQuark. BioQuark, yeah. Who named their company that? Uh, that's a bad idea. <laughs> uh, Philadelphia-based company, BioQuark. Um, they're a biotech company. They've been granted permission. Now, somebody gave them permission to do it. Let's keep that in mind, too. Granted permission by the Institutional Review Board in the U.S. and, and India to stimulate the nervous systems of 20 brain-dead patients in order to restart the brains. Now, you may think, oh, well, that's good. We can bring brain-dead people back to the world of living because, you know, just because they're brain-dead doesn't mean they're actually physically dead. Sure. But this is a slippery slope, (laughs) folks. Indeed. Because... This leads to, oh, well, you know, if we can reanimate or if we can reactivate brain dead patients, why can't we just react, reanimate all dead patients? What's stopping us? Yeah. What's uh, stopping us? <laughs> We're science. <laughs> uh, it's called the Reanima Project. Tell me that's not something from a movie. It sounds like something out of Resident Evil or something. Exactly. That's fucked up. Fucking reanima? Really? Why? Why? Yeah. Why? That's all you. That's all you need to say. I don't want this in my country. <laughs> Do this somewhere I don't else. Want this anywhere? Well, if it's like on like. Let's let's say Australia. I don't have anything against Australia, but let's just say Australia. Because it's an island? Because it's an island. <laughs> Surrounded by lots of water. And to the best of our knowledge, zombies cannot swim. Well, according to the zombie handbook, yeah. Right. There have been some rumors that maybe they can walk. Well, rumors. <laughs> <laughs> There, there's a school of Word thought. Word on the street is. <laughs> there's a school of thought that zombies can walk on the, the sea, sea floor. floor. Thank you. Um, but the, the salt water would deteriorate their bodies faster. And probably the you know shark-infested waters mm, good point. would have an effect. Zombie. <laughs> right. <laughs> zombie versus shark. Yes. But then zombie sharks. Oh, fuck me. Oh, God. We can't let Asylum. Do not let Asylum listen to this episode. (laughs) (laughs) 
Zombie shark sharknado. Oh, God. Zombie sharknado. Zomnado. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I guess what they're doing, I mean, like the actual things they're planning to do. The actual reanima project. It doesn't sound that bad. Oh, it never does. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it always seems like a good idea. <laughs> it seemed like a good idea at the time. <laughs> but ba- they're going to be in- injecting the brains. I'm way too far away from my mic. They're going to be injecting the brains with um, stem cells, which, you know, I'm all for well, that, stem That's cell one research. of the methods. They have three different methods they're going to do. Oh, I thought this was all. Oh, well, it's a combination of therapies. Okay. I, I thought this was like. Uh, like a three part treatment that they were going to be doing or something. Oh. But they're going to be injecting the brain with stem cells. I'm all for stem cell research. I Me too. Think stem cells are amazing, and it's pathetic that the government can't seem to organize on that. <laughs> um, but, uh, and, you know, if, if stem cells can fix brain damage or, you know, help a paralyzed person walk again, that's a fucking beautiful thing. Right? But uh, if it's going to reanimate the dead, <laughs> it's not good. It's bad for everyone. Yeah. Um, so the, the, the patients that they're dealing with, like Tony said, they're brain dead, but they're not dead dead. But basically, they're being kept alive by machines. Right. They could pull the plug and these people would be lights out in a minute. Yeah. Yeah, because... You know, you have higher brain function, and then you have basic brain stem brain function, which is like helping you breathe, uh, helping your heart pump, yeah, the, all those functions of your body, those like those basic elements of life. Your brain's not even doing that anymore. Like walking and feeding, right? <laughs> <coughs> Anyway, but like the point is, this is not good. I can't think of a well. Well, the one that gets me, like you said, there's there's three different things they're doing here. There's the stem cells. There's nerve stimulation techniques, and the one that really scares me is giving the spinal cord infusions of beneficial chemicals. Beneficial, beneficial chemicals. chemicals. <laughs> like fucking trioxin. Ah, uh, ah. Uh. Right. Or the T virus. Fucking a. This is terrifying. This is the beginning of the end, folks. Yeah. You don't think you're ever going to read a story like this and it's going to scare you shitless, but, you know, here we are. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, to quote Eddie Murphy, that's a hit and a half of your ass. Because <laughs> you're, you're purposely creating zombies. <sighs> Fucking science, man. Fucking science. <sighs> So yeah, if you live in the Philadelphia area, um, like my girlfriend's entire family, uh, <laughs> fucking move right now because yeah. zombies are coming or you gonna die. So from dusk till dawn, season three is moving along. And they have added three new cast members, including 
the original sex machine, Tom Savini. The only sex machine, if you ask me. Uh, really? Over Jake Busey? I mean, Jake Busey, is, he's a pretty good sex machine. <laughs> <laughs> and then now he's a scientist. Right. Yeah. Jake Busey, as, is, a, is he a scientist? I thought he was like a like an archaeologist or something. I don't know. I can't remember. It's I think a, they called him a scientist, but he's like a scientist who knows lots of science. <laughs> he knows all kinds of like scientific things. Shut the fuck up and let me talk. <laughs> <laughs> he knows all kinds of like ancient languages and well, cave drawings <laughs> and arts and farts and crafts. Um. And now he's a fucking vampire, so he just is, like, powerful, too. Yeah. It's interesting. Fucking shit. So, yeah, Tom Savini's joining the cast. Uh, he's not going to be playing Sex Machine. Well, he uh, should play, like, Sex Machine's dad, the original go. Sex Machine. Yeah. And he can have the cock gun. Yeah. But, like... The, the cod piece gun. I was going to try and come up with something clever, but... I was going to say cock piece, but then I realized I'm emphasizing the wrong part of the word. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of a way like it could be like more old fashioned, but it's already like a revolver. Yeah. So, I don't know. <laughs> uh, instead, he's going to be playing uh, Bert. <laughs> Bert. Uh, a retired demon hunter who smokes more medical marijuana than he sells. <laughs> Uh, so does he work at a dispensary then, or I guess? Uh, but I mean, what, what's what's the medical marijuana business in Texas like? I don't fuck if I know. I don't know. It's it doesn't seem like a very pot friendly state. It's true. I mean, government wise, anyway. Yeah, I'm sure the people love it. <laughs> Probably. I don't know. I've never been to Texas. Me neither. I bet Austin. There's a fucking lot of potheads in Austin, I bet. Possibly. There's probably a lot of hipsters and college kids there. Austin, Massachusetts. Huh? Austin, Massachusetts? Yes. <laughs> My sister just went there. I heard. Yeah. They went, to, they went to go on a brisket hunt. That's a good place to do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, their goal was to go to several barbecue restaurants. Like, that's what they went for. They should go to North Carolina. I don't know. They wanted to go to Austin. I don't know. I don't Although, know. at the moment, no one should go to North Carolina. No. That's a good point. Because they're hateful assholes. Yeah. That's That that's, should be their new slogan, is like, you can't pee wherever you want, but we got damn good barbecue. <laughs> Carolina. Carolina. <laughs> K-U-R-Lina. <laughs> Uh, Savini will be joined by Anna de la Reguera as Lord Venganza Verdugo, one of the seven remaining Culebra lords whose ancient roots and personal history put them at the center of an epic clash between good and evil. And also Marco Zoror as Zolo. Zolo! Marco! <laughs> an Aztec warrior trained in hell. All right. They should, uh, they should bring back the regulator. Uh, El Regulator. Regulator. Uh, are, are they not? Isn't he dead? 
Is he? I don't remember. I got to rewatch season two before, yeah. before this one starts because I don't remember much about it. Yeah, I started watching it again on Netflix, but I haven't finished the season. Yeah. I uh, I tried to watch a lot lot of it um, when I was getting a free preview of El Rey. Mm. I don't actually, maybe I didn't finish it. I'm not sure. I don't remember. They should just bring back Trejo. Just, well, yeah. Even like even if his character dies, just bring back as a different character. Just. He he plays different characters in, like he played different characters in uh, the um, Des, uh, Desperado movies or uh, El Mariachi. Yeah, I mean he's playing a different character than he played in From Dust Till Dawn. Yeah, the movie. So fuck it. <laughs> fuck it. No, bring him back as Machete. Fuck. Fucking crossover. Yes. Oh, my God. There it is. Oh, my pants just got tight. <laughs> um, I don't know who Marco Zoror or Ana de la Guerra are. I'm looking them up. Tony's doing some Googling. He's doing, doing the Googs. Shut up. Doing a deep Google. <laughs> Googling so hard. <laughs> Googling all over the place right now. Oh yeah, she fine. The uh, Anna. Yeah. Let me see. Oh, she's naked. Wait, no, that's not her. Never mind. Who's this? Let's focus more on this one. <laughs> you should cast her instead. <laughs> Whoever she is. There's two. It's a different Anna Dela something. <laughs> Dela. De Soul. Miguera. Okay, that pulled up the same lady. So, <laughs> yeah, that's her. Yeah, she fine. Let me see that naked picture again. <laughs> I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> My pants just got even tighter. <laughs> so I don't, I, I don't know. What do, what do you? Uh, uh, season two. I don't know. It, it kind of lost me a little bit. Well, I think I really, sh- really enjoyed season one. But I mean, season one was basically the movie. I think a lot of shows have kind of a sophomore slump. Like, it seems like a lot of shows, you know, they they come out so strong, like strong out of the gate in the first season that... And then season two, they go to a fucking farmhouse and don't do anything for the entire goddamn season. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think a lot of shows... But that finale, though. (laughs) Um, The girl came out of the bar and I was like, what? (laughs) Um, but a lot of shows deal with that. I mean, not all of them, but a, a lot of shows do because I feel like they kind of shoot their load in the first season, and then they're so surprised that they get a second season. They're just like, "Oh shit! Uh, okay, we got to come <laughs> up with some new ideas." And then you know, by the third season, hopefully they make it past the second one. Um, you know, they they start finding a a, a flow, and you know actually coming up with some consistently original ideas. So. Yeah. So I, I think it's really just a matter of can they make a decent enough show <laughs> to get renewed for season three? Well, they already have. So. Yeah. So, I mean, but you're open for the best. I don't know. Like, I really liked the, the regulator storyline, 
But the the whole thing with like Scotty, I, I don't know. It didn't. They should have just killed him. Yeah, like they did in the movie. Yeah, his character is irrelevant. Yeah, they tried to make him a much bigger deal in the show. Yeah, you know, <clears throat> actually, they should have killed off both of the kids because that girl is annoying. She is pretty annoying. <laughs> they should just focus on the geckos and uh, what's her face. Uh, El Santanico? Yep, that's the one. Yeah. So. But I don't know. It hasn't completely lost me. I'll watch it. I'll watch season three. I'm into it. Yeah. I'm for it. Let's do it. Let's go. <laughs> yep. El Rey. I'm still have, like very <clears throat> seriously considering upgrading to the next package in my cable deal. Uh, so I can get El Rey. Yeah, and then I'm going to come over and watch Lucha Underground. And you have to discuss that with my wife. Uh, Comcast is fucking... Yeah, it is. ...rip-off, man. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, it's like they took channels away. I mean... I, only two come to mind. Only one I actually cared about. But the fact is, they took those channels away and didn't lower my cost. Well, here's my problem. is They keep telling us, oh, we can't do a la carte cable because there's all these networks that no one will watch, so we have to bundle them. That's your fucking problem. Yeah. I don't want to pay money for a channel I'm not going to watch because you picked a channel that no one's going to watch. Well, it's like these the distribute. Uh, no one's going to watch Food Channel 3 when they can watch Food Channel 1 and 2. Well, why do you have three fucking food channels then? Well, that's the thing, is the distributors sell it to them that way. They sell they sell the cable company's packages. Okay, well, we need a teardown from the top down. Right. I mean, that, that's why, um, was, it, was it Dish or was it um, DirecTV, one of the two, lost AMC for a while? Oh, yeah. Because they wanted to sell them a package of was it AMC and um, it's IFC and like the Sundance channel or something like that and Dish didn't want those they just wanted AMC that doesn't seem so bad IFC's got some good stuff but Sundance is Sundance is a thing it's kind of a duty it's yeah I mean it's unless you're like a it's a throw in but the fact is but there's a lot of indie movie snobs out there. That's true. But fact is, you know, a uh, Dish or DirecTV, whoever it was, didn't want to pay for it. They just wanted to pay for the channels that their customers actually want. And so they nutted up and they said, fuck it. Which is funny because that's all the customers want to pay for. Yeah. But I, I mean, I hate to defend, you know, any kind of cable writer, but. You know, I, I, I like their position. It's like, well, we're not going to pay for the shit that you want to sell us, so <laughs> fuck it. But then everybody was missing their Breaking Bad and their Mad Men and their Walking Dead, so well, people lost their damn minds. If you're not going to offer the channel, then don't get mad at me when I use an illegal stream. <laughs> right. Not that I would do that, but, you know. But Comcast uh, took um, Spike TV away. Oh, fuck that. Moved it up to the next package. That's horse shit. I know, it's pissed. Because my wife and I like to watch Bar Rescue. Mm. Because John Taffer is a fucking clown. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but uh, yeah, bumped bumped that up to the next package, and like we were trying, to, we kept trying to watch it on demand, and it kept saying, "Oh, well, you have to have a subscription to this channel." Like we do have a subscription <laughs> to this channel, so it wasn't working. So I finally got on and talked to Comcast and basically said, "What the fuck?" So, oh well, that channel's been changed to the digital preferred or whatever package. I said, "Well, we had it a week ago." They didn't give you any kind of warning or anything. No. What the dick? Um. And I said, well, like they, they said, um, they're allowed to change it within like however many weeks or days of a billing cycle or something to that effect. Um, it's like, well, okay, well, you didn't adjust <laughs> my bill for all the channels that you took away. So why don't we go ahead and do that? <laughs> Did they? Yeah. The person, I think, was trying to talk me out of it, like basically saying it wasn't a big deal because, like I said, the channels that they took away, it's like it's you know this percentage of your bill, so it's like you know fifty cents a month or something like that. I'm like, okay, <laughs> deduct that off my bill. Yeah. So it's I, the I, principle I, of the thing. Yeah, exactly. It's like this is you're stealing from me is what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, I told them uh, they they actually added up the full year or what it would be for the full year and just deducted it off that one bill. But still, fuck it, yeah, I got what I wanted. Yeah. <coughs> so yeah, get El Ray so I can come over and watch uh, from Dust Till Dawn this, this and, thing and and Lucha Underground. <laughs> okay, I'll go home and tell my wife. Uh, okay, we're going to upgrade to the next cable package because Taylor wants to watch wrestling. Yeah. Prorate the amount of two shows and I'll pay you for it. <laughs> okay. I guess Universal Studios is already gearing up for um, Halloween Horror Nights. Mm-hmm. Um, it's already begun. Yeah. <clears throat> they, they started announcing different mazes already. And something that always bugged me is Hollywood and Orlando have different mazes. I mean, they have some of the same ones, but it seems like each one has their own special maze. And not that I've ever been to either one. But it's like, okay, well, I want to see that one and that one. Yeah. But I'm not traveling to literal opposite corners of the country to do it. So. Um, but uh, Universal Orlando has made the announcement that they're going to be including an exorcist maze. How this translates into, into a maze I don't know, but that's what I'm wondering. <laughs> I just keep picturing the haunted house that I worked at when I was at 17 in Enumclaw. And there was like a mannequin in a bed and you would push a button and it would sit up and, and it's fucking spin around. a horse. Hey, <laughs> why, don't you, why don't you fuck off? <laughs> I would like to point out that happened well after I moved. Enumclaw. Best part of that was my cousin who was like, I'm moving out of Enumclaw. 
No, it has nothing to do with the sex farm, but yes, I can show you where it is. <laughs> yes. But no, we had like an exorcist room in the haunted house. Mm. And it was basically just, there was one actor who played the priest. And then there was a mannequin. And he would push a button and it would sit up and its head would spin around. That's all I can picture when thinking of this. Which I, <laughs> I'm sure Universal Studios will do much better than the senior class of Enumclaw High School. Probably. <laughs> They might have a you know a slightly larger budget. I should fucking hope so. <laughs> um, let's see. Was this a press release? I assume probably uh, at Universal's Orlando Resort. Uh, guests will see, hear, feel, and even smell every iconic levitating, head spinning, vomit wrenching, skin crawling moment from the film. They'll be paralyzed with fear as they witness the power of the supernatural scream uncontrollably as they just become, uh, sorry, as they become part of Regan. Shit. Uh, cold starting to come back on me. Uh-oh. Um, as they become part of Reagan McNeil's possession and run in terror as they try to escape the horrific battle between innocence and evil. Was that the battle? Wasn't it? I kind of always just assumed it was like between like God and the devil. Aren't those kind of the personifications of good and evil? But it says innocence and evil. Oh. Well, I mean, she was, you know, young and virginal. And, and then she fucked herself with a cross. Yeah. Let Jesus fuck you. Hmm. Mm. That's fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Don't nobody want to see that. And then she crabbed, walked down the stairs. That was terrifying. That was bad news. <laughs> and then she just vomited blood upside down. <laughs> yeah. Like, that was... A, and then that, what else happens in the movie? <laughs> I'm just going to sit here and read the script to you. Well, that happened... That, that was actually uh, an added scene when they re-released it in the theaters. Yeah. Because that wasn't in the original release. Right. And so even old-time fans of the movie were surprised by that one. <laughs> Which kind of surprised me like, that they took that out. When it was such an impactful scene, yeah. Well, I mean, why did they why did they take it out? It was like an extra thirty seconds. Oh, if that. Yeah. So it's just one of those things where it's like, why? I mean, the only thing I can think of is like maybe they were seriously that tight for time. Like, I mean, it can't possibly be for content because there's much worse stuff in there. Yeah, like when she fucks herself with a cross. Right. <laughs> Dude, they can have people fucking crab walking at you through the maze. Oh, that'd be awesome. That'd be terrifying. I would kick somebody in the fucking head. <laughs> She's like, <laughs> ah! <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, let's see, Universal Studio. Oh, okay, so Universal Studios Hollywood is also doing this too. Okay, um, their exorcist maze will resonate as a real-life interpretation of the demonic film, daring Halloween Horror Nights guests to live the nightmares, nightmare experienced by a tortured Reagan and her determined mother. The maze will recreate some of the film's most haunting scenes, ushering guests into its unparalleled terror. Unparalleled terror, uh, as if their very souls were possessed by the devil. With the devils. Ah. Um, what if you already feel like you're possessed by the devil? It's going to be redundant. Yep. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, this is cool because I'm 
pretty sure I'm going to Universal Studios. No, I told you you're not. Uh, I'm pretty sure I am. But you're not. <laughs> oh. Okay, well, you should probably talk to my wife about this. I will. Because she believes that we are. Whatever, I'm going to the Stanley. Okay, you have fun at your hotel. <laughs> it's not just a hotel. <laughs> it's the fucking Stanley. It's the Overlook. All right, well, I'll, say, I'll tell Reagan you said hello. Yeah, you do that. And Rick. Maybe. Probably. Grimy. <laughs> grimy. <laughs> or grimy, as you like to be called. All right, well, I'll tell the lady in room 237 that you said hello. Okay. Be like, what's up? <laughs> as she's naked. So, uh, on a related note, how about... Uh, the Exorcist TV show. How excited are you about that? Oh, good! It's, it's going to be. A, they already ordered a full season. Yay! Yeah. Uh, how about? What? Like, I mean, we talked about it before. It has nothing to do with the fucking movie or the book. And it's, they claim that it's based on the book. That's bullshit because the book is identical to the movie. <laughs> um, more or less. Like, there's some characters' names that are different, but. <clears throat> yeah, it, the book is about a girl named Reagan who is possessed by a demon. And an old priest and a young priest try to exercise her. And her mother's an actor or actress. That's the book and the movie. So saying this mo- this TV show that has no similarities to the book or saying it has no similarities to the the original movie because it's just what are you, what are you looking at what are you so confused uh, by breaking news not horror but apparently fox has also ordered a full season of lethal weapon what <laughs> oh please 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 tell me it stars rob McElhenney. <laughs> And uh, Glenn Howerton. Directed by McGee. Oh, no. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh, God. I don't like any of this. <laughs> no. My soul, my heart hurts. Um, yeah, and if if you guys are interested, you can head over to Bloody Disgusting and get your exclusive first look at the Exorcist series, which is just Gina Davis looking up at a camera and looking like a dude. <laughs> she looks like a dude, doesn't she? No, you know, not really. You know. You know. There it is. There's your exclusive first look. Oh, hey. Actually, it's probably not exclusive, because if it was exclusive, they would have put the word exclusive all over the place. <laughs> Even if it wasn't actually They probably exclusive. would have the, or watermarked the picture, too. <laughs> um, oh, speaking of the Stanley, backtracking a little bit, apparently The Shining's coming back to theaters. Yeah, yeah. Saw that. So is Ghostbusters. Yeah. I'm pumped about that. Yeah. We're going to that. Fuck the remake. <laughs> 
even though that's total like I got it wasn't really an argument but I kind of got in uh, a thing online uh, with some people about that about how that's just a marketing ploy for to get people like oh sure it is excited or pumped about the remake and it's like dude no <laughs> Um, yeah, so the, the, the Exorcist TV show uh, is described as a propulsive serialized psychological thriller following two very different men, Father Tomas Ortega and Father Marcus Lang, tackling one family's case of horrifying demonic possession and confronting the face of true evil. That has nothing to do with the book. Except it sounds like there's two priests. <laughs> okay. You got me there. They're probably both young and attractive, though. <laughs> right. Especially what Father Tomas, he's probably like a sexy Latin type. It's this guy. It's the guy in the first look, Alfonso Herrera. Okay. Doesn't look like a priest there. No. He's wearing a flannel shirt. Was it flannel? It looked like a big itchy sweater. Ah. <laughs> uh, uh, the fuck was that? It was like a burp and a hiccup all at once. Kinda. <laughs> it was kind of like that. Yeah. Um, what else do we have? Oh, wait. Bumper. So this is an interesting story. Is it? Is it um, interesting? That's, that's one word for it. Uh, they're rebooting the Puppet Master franchise. Uh, Caliber Media and De Bonaventura Pictures are teaming up with Charles Band, who is the writer and director of all of the Puppet Master movies. Uh, they're planning a reboot called Puppet Master The Littlest Reich. Not just Puppet Master, but it's not a sequel, it's a reboot, and it's right. called Littlest Reich. Uh, they are planning to expand this into multiple future films. Uh, the first of the series is being written by S. Craig Zoller, who wrote and directed Bone Tomahawk. Uh, the, did, you, what, did you ever see that? <clears throat> no, I haven't yet. <sighs> eh. <laughs> I heard it's like fucked up, but like the parts, damn it! Sports Center. Part the parts that are grim are pretty grim, but they're not like I don't know. Like people, a lot of people said that that was like one of the like the most like goriest movies that have come out. When the guy got chopped in the taint. Yeah, that was kind of fucked up. <laughs> but like overall, the movie was pretty tame as really? far as gore goes. I mean, it wasn't a horror movie, right? No, it wasn't. And that, that's kind of what a lot of people led me to believe. I mean, I, I knew better because I'd heard people say, oh, well, no, it's not a horror movie. It's just kind of gory. So I, I knew ahead of time that it wasn't a horror movie, but, you know, like all the horror sites were reporting on it and stuff. Yeah. And it's like, what, what the fuck? But anyway. Anyway, uh, the, the synopsis for The Littlest Reich 
is a recently divorced young man who discovers a mint condition blade doll in his deceased brother's closet and plans to sell the toy at a convention in Oregon, celebrating the 30th anniversary of the infamous Toulon murders. All hell breaks loose at the Postville Lodge during the auction when a strange force animates all of the various puppets throughout the convention as they go on a bloody killing spree. Um, How is this not a sequel? It sounds like a sequel. Right? Uh, I mean, considering, you know. Well, considering you're referencing something from the originals. Right. But, I mean, 30 years, like, the Toulon murders, that, like, he, he, he made the puppets in, like, World War, during World War Two. Yeah. So, 30 years, that would be. That math doesn't add up. No, that'd be the 70s. It's like Vietnam. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. Here's the strangest part. The original series is going to continue. <laughs> the, the newest sequel, uh, Puppet Master Axis Termination, is going to start filming in September. All so right. they're apparently going to have two parallel running franchises. Well, I think it's probably uh, Full Moon's only viable franchise left. Like, aside from, like, what, like, Killer Bong <laughs> and Ginger Dead Man. Are they still making Ginger Dead Man movies? I don't know. I, I was flipping Has Jake Busey become the Ginger Dead Man yet? <laughs> I was flipping through uh, um, Netflix horror movies the other day, and they had so many Killer Bong movies and Ginger Dead Man movies, and then they had a Ginger Dead Man and Killer Bong crossover movie. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, you know, I had to watch that. Did you really? No. Oh. <laughs> but it looked like it had Tommy Chong in it. Of course it did. <laughs> so, you know, star power. <laughs> Wait, and Gary Busey? Was it Gary Busey? Is he in these? He's the ginger dead man. He is? Yeah. Oh, fuck. I never actually watched any of those stupid fucking movies, so I don't know. F- Full Moon was my shit, though, when I was a kid. I love Full Moon movies. Have you, have you ever watched any of them? Just Puppet Master. Oh, okay. Like, they had, like... And only the first one. Oh, oh. Um, yeah, they, I mean, they had Puppet Master movies. They had Subspecies um, and uh, Castle Freak, uh, uh, Reanimator. Oh, I saw the Reanimator movies. Right, yeah. But, I mean, I think only the first one was Full Moon. Um, but, yeah, dude, fucking all those awesome movies back in the 80s. And, you know... Being like a like eleven, twelve year old kid, you know, you rent a full moon movie and you are guaranteed some fucking titties. So <laughs> you know, all you kids out there listen up. <laughs> let, let me drop some knowledge. <laughs> I think that was like I think one of the subspecies movies is one of the is like the first time I saw a fully naked woman. I did not realize there was five evil bong movies. Yeah, there were a lot of them. I don't know how you make five movies about an evil bong. Gary Busey is in Ginger Dead Man versus Evil Bong. <laughs> Christ. Um, and yes, you did see Tommy Chong. Okay. Anyway, full moon. Dope as shit. Except they don't make the movies anymore. Like, at least not good ones. 
<laughs> of course, that's the first picture that comes up when you Google Gary Busey. Right. Why wouldn't it be? I'll bet that's like the second, third, and fourth <laughs> picture, too. Or something very similar to it. Yeah. <laughs> um, God, what were some other awesome full moon, full moon movies? Uh, Prehysteria. I never saw that one. Oh, uh, Head of the Family. That was a good one. Um, oh, what was that one? Um, Pit and the Pendulum. With, uh, the Edgar Allan Poe story? Uh, yes. Hmm. With Lance Hendrickson as Torquemada. Evil Bong 3D. <laughs> Oblivion. Lurking Fear. Mandroid. What are you... Oh, these full moon movies? Yeah. Oh. Oh, Trancers. Yeah. Fucking Trancers. That... That didn't come up. Trancers is awesome. Just for your information. Anyway. So... Point of this story, kids. Check out full moon movies because you get titties. And now you can see two puppet masters at at once yeah which won't confuse anyone i'm sure two for the price of two (laughs) uh yeah anything else on this uh i think this is dumb and they should not do it (laughs) okay So they're making a mummy remake. I think we know about that already. Uh, we know that it's going to be a female mummy. Female mummy. 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 Oh, a wummy. <laughs> uh, and we know that it's going to have Tom Cruise in it. As the littlest Navy SEAL. That sounds like a movie. <laughs> that sounds like something you would watch like at Christmas time. Starring Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. <laughs> um, so, when you hear this, what do you think is missing from this movie? Aside from... Some fighting around the world? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Um, I was going to say, uh, of course we need Dr. Jekyll and possibly Mr. Hyde in this, because why wouldn't you? We should team up. Right. Um, and, you know, so that's going to be included in this movie, and like Taylor hinted, it's going to be... Mr. Gladiator himself, Russell Crowe. Don't know why. He's going to hit the mummy with a phone. <laughs> oh my God, it's Russell Crowe! Uh, Crowe is portraying Dr. Jenry Heck. Jenry Heckle. Yep. Jenry. That's a name. 
uh, portraying Dr. Henry Jekyll, a Royal Society fellow. So, what does that mean? He's prim and proper. He's a dandy. Indeed. <laughs> yes. Flourish the pinky. <laughs> He's a fop. <laughs> you know, we know this is taking place in modern time, so he's gonna probably still walk around in like bloomers and and a powdered wig. All right, I'm kind of sold. <laughs> Just to see him cre- commit career suicide. Uh, and as we said, Tom Cruise is playing a Navy SEAL. <laughs> Which is a joke in and of itself. Um, a Navy SEAL hunting terrorists. Right. In Well, I guess you could say Egypt. That would make sense. You would think. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, here's something interesting. <laughs> New Girl star Jake Johnson. Of Let's Be Cops fame. Right. <laughs> uh... And the people versus O.J. Simpson's Courtney B. Vance, he played Johnny Cochran. Jackie Childs. No, he didn't play Johnny Cochran. Yes, he did. Did he? Yeah, I just looked him up. I thought he played uh, the other black attorney. Well, from the pictures I saw, it looked like he was supposed to be Johnny Cochran. Maybe. I don't know. Whatever. Fuck it. I didn't watch it. Or Jackie Childs. (laughs) Who told you to put it on the bomb? I didn't tell you to put it on the bomb. Who the hell's the maestro? (laughs) Um, but yeah, so Jake Johnson's in this. How about that, guys? You ready to hear some jokes <laughs> about what a sad person he is? <laughs> I like him. I like him too, but he's kind of a one-trick pony. He basically plays the same character in every movie. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> like the character that he played in Let's Be Cops is like identical to the character he played in Jurassic World. <laughs> He's in Jurassic World? Yeah. I still haven't seen it. You haven't? Uh-uh. Oh, you cocksucker. Yeah. <laughs> um, yep. So, let's see. Russell Crowe said, because we're all interested in what he has to say, uh, this is one of the more designed to serious... Wait, this is one... This one? God damn. This one is kind of more designed to seriously scare, I assume, shit out of you. Please, give me a fucking break. Yeah, I'll believe that when I fucking see yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, really? A movie with fucking Tom Cruise and Russell Crowe and Jake Johnson <laughs> is going to scare the shit out of me? <clears throat> Are you fucking kidding People have lost their damn minds. Russell Crowe has lost his damn mind. That happened a long time ago. This is probably true. I mean, Tom Cruise, too. I mean, he lost his shit in the 80s. Yes. Um, Jake Johnson, I mean, bless his heart, is just trying to get paid. <laughs> <laughs> and in, uh, in what should be a surprise to absolutely no one, Universal plans on spinning this off into a standalone Jekyll and Hyde movie which will probably feature I don't know Frankenstein <laughs> right uh, I'm just gonna backdoor pilot all their movies okay it seems that way 
Uh, the Mummy already has a release date, so they're at, that's ambitious. Of uh, June 9th, 2017. So, you know, mark your calendars, folks. <laughs> know what not to see that day. Right. <laughs> So a while back, we mentioned that Day of the Dead was being re-remade. And then we just kind of forgot that that ever happened. Yeah, because I think we're still in this frame of mind where it's like, well, we want to forget the first remake. Yeah. So let's not remember that it's being remade again. I think we just kind of assumed that it was tabled or trashed or they just didn't fucking care because no one else did but apparently not it's moving forward uh they've got a new director uh hector hernandez vicens who directed the corpse of anna fritz which i looked up and apparently is uh it kind of sounds like dead girl all right um so yeah this is uh like like i said it's a re-remake because that's the world we live in now Yep. Uh, the original was remade in 2008. Did you ever see that one? Uh, a little bit. Oh my god, it's so bad. <laughs> yeah, that's why I only saw a little. The bit. zombies can jump like 40 feet in the air. Yeah, and that's why. And Bub is a vegan. <laughs> Fuck off. The <laughs> uh, man, just bad decisions left and right with that one. The only good part of that movie was uh, uh, Mina Servari. No, uh, Ving Rhames as a zombie. Ving Rhames was an awesome zombie, and he didn't play the same character as Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> Why? <sighs> Who knows? <laughs> oh fuck. Um. So if, if you're excited about them possibly remaking this again and doing it right, uh, let me just go ahead and tell you to pump the brakes. <laughs> because this new version is a post-apocalyptic tale that follows a former medical student tormented by a dark figure from her past who happens to be a half-human, half-zombie hell-bent on destroying her. <clears throat> what? <laughs> None of that is Day of the Dead. No, this that's it's like the Exorcist Day all over again. Yeah. I mean, at least at least the Exorcist has a possessed girl in it. Yeah. What is half human, half zombie? How the fuck is that even possible? That's not a thing. No, you're one or the other. Yeah. You can't be. That's like saying you're fucking... It's like saying you're half alive, half dead. Yeah, literally. (laughs) (laughs) So what? He's in a coma? (laughs) So it sounds like there's no bunker. There's no military. No. There's no bub. Unless Unless that's the bub. Maybe. But bub was supposed to be kind of uh, sympathetic. Probably not so much. Not if he's hell bent on destroying her. Yeah. 
It's hard to sympathize with people that are hell bent on destroying your main character. <laughs> right. Unless your main character is a prick. <clears throat> kind of like if there was a movie about you. <laughs> That's right. Why? <laughs> I turned this into hate. Um, this is the Hate Taylor podcast. <laughs> Fuck me. <coughs> Fuck you. Anyway. So yeah, this sounds like uh like it's it seems like somebody I don't I don't know who wrote the script. I don't know if it's this uh Hector Hernandez Vicenz or if somebody else wrote it, but it sounds like they saw the 2008 remake and went no, nah, I could make a worse movie than that. <laughs> you know what? To me, it's almost like somebody somebody brought you a pizza. And then they ate the entire pizza. And then they shit into their hand and showed it to you and say, here, eat it. It's pizza. It's kind of like that. I don't get that analogy. They took something you like. Turned it into and destroyed shit, it, <laughs> and said, "Here, it's basically the same thing." Okay, I, I, I'm with you. Yeah, but nobody wants to eat doo doo. But I think I think like whoever wrote it saw it with somebody. The Germans. They saw it with somebody, and the other person was like, "That was the worst movie ever made." And they went, "Challenge accepted." <laughs> um, you know, Night of the Living Dead is public domain because. George Romero fucked up. Yeah, basically. <laughs> but he got smart when he made Day of the Dead or Dawn of the Dead through um, Day of the Dead. Well, well actually, and, all of them. And Land of the Dead and Diary of the Dead, right. Survival of the Dead. Yeah, he got smart, maybe got a better lawyer. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he still all owns all the rights to those. So it means he signed off on this, which just further supports the argument that he needs to have his toys taken away because he can't be trusted. This is true. I hadn't thought about that. Brings us back to the analogy of him being a crazy grandpa who needs to have his car keys taken away because he's not sane enough to drive anymore. Trying to see if he has like an EP credit or anything, but I can't, I can't find anything. Which doesn't mean he doesn't, but... Or maybe he was at least smart enough to not have his name attached. That's, yeah. Or maybe he just sold licensing rights, like, just the title. Could be. (laughs) I I just, I will never... I mean, I get it. I understand why studios do this, where they just take a name and they attach it to some bullshit movie that has nothing to do with that name. Mm -hmm. They do it for notoriety recognition to get people in the theaters to buy tickets to get butts and seats yeah because that's all they fucking care about they'll make a movie of michael keaton taking a shit for two hours if people will watch it did tim burton direct it probably i might see that (laughs) (laughs) oh how about that beetlejuice i mean this is kind of off topic but well it's definitely off topic (laughs) beetlejuice 2 not news it it might happen or it might not yeah that's the, that's the news yeah straight from the horse's mouth tim burton came out and said uh you know i've talked to michael keaton about it but uh no decisions yet because i got a lot of other things on yeah he was on. like i'd love to make it 
but we might not. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that fucking guy. He's turning into like Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell. Yeah. He's fucking blowing smoke up our asses. Of course, I don't know. I can't really accuse him that much, I guess, because he's not really. He's not doing it the same way that Bruce. He's not doing Raimi it to be a troll. Right. It's like he just doesn't want to close the door on it, but it probably won't happen. Yeah. He did make a good point, though. It's like, it's not a movie that really screams for a sequel. This is true. So I, I can't. Especially since we almost got Beetlejuice Goes to Hawaii. Right. And I like how in, in the interview he brought up that, like, some sites are reporting that Johnny Depp is going to be the new Beetlejuice. It's like, that was an April Fool's Day joke, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe somebody should read the internet for you. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. Anyway. um, Okay. So we're running along here on the horror business. Shall we call it a day? Yeah, might as well. This is fucking story. Stupid. Fucking (laughs) dumb. Fucking bullshit. Fucking ass. Goddamn movies. Stupid. Fuck. <laughs> I hate my life. Why do we do this? <laughs> All right. So um, I I don't think I promised you an interview last episode, but I said that we might have one. Turns out we do. Hey, <laughs> we almost didn't. If you hadn't been sick, we wouldn't. You're right. Yeah. Well, you were going to do it without me. Yeah. Today. Not Saturday. Oh, well, yeah. Good point. If you hadn't gotten sick, we wouldn't have an interview. That is very true. It's uh, serendipitous. Yeah. Kismet. Sure. All those other words that I don't like. Blessing in disguise. Yeah, that's that's one of those things. Um, but anyway, so we did a, an interview with a guy named Alec, Alex DiVincenzo. You know, I said it wrong in the interview, and you're going to notice that in about 30 seconds. So... Um, uh, but he runs a website called Broke Horror Fan. Uh, it's really cool. Um, after the interview, you should go check it out. But before that, let's go to the tape. I hate being broke. I hate being broke. I hate being broke. I hate being broke. I like to record my rock songs. I like to make CDs of my music. Hey everyone, you're here with Skeletoni and Taylor of Terror. And today we have a special guest with us, uh, a guy who's uh, running his, I guess, you might call it a, a blog and a slash service to horror fans. Uh, you got he reports on news and um, horror history, and uh, also provides a, a a very important service to collectors of the uh, horror genre. We're here with the broke horror fan himself, Alec DiVincenzo. Thank you for having me, guys. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, uh, my pleasure. Yeah, and we had some, uh, you know, some scheduling issues for what, like three weeks now. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, long time coming. Yeah, so it's uh, nice to finally get you on. So, uh, thanks a lot for for coming. Um, so uh, I guess maybe just start things out simple and uh, maybe tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, maybe how you got into horror in the first place. Sure, um, I wish I had a cooler story about how I got into horror. Um, a <laughs> lot of 
Yeah. A lot of my friends, it was like, you know, they started watching it when they were a kid or, or they had an older brother that was like a gateway. Um, I actually didn't get into it really hardcore until I was like a teenager. Um, there were a few movies growing up um, that, that scared me and I was intrigued by that, but I never really dug deeper into it until um, Freddy vs. Jason came out. Um, and I'm 26, uh, 27, I should say. Um, so that came out while I was in high school and it was like a, a hot button topic. Um, you know, everyone knew about it, whether you were a horror fan or not, you knew who Freddie and Jason were. Um, so after I saw that, I thought it was awesome, a lot of fun. So I went out and rented, um, all the movies in the Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th franchises and then Halloween shortly after that. Um, and it just kind of grew deeper and deeper and deeper from there. Um, and here we are today. Cool. I gotta say, I'm, I'm impressed that I don't, I, we've asked that question of every guest and I don't think we've had a repeat yet. That's what's so great about the genre. There's so many ways in. Like we've had people say thriller (laughs) (laughs) and like, uh, jaws and just everything. You know, I, I gotta say, I I feel like we have had a couple people mention Halloween. That was kind of like their catalyst. You could be right. Um, but yeah, f- you know, Freddy versus Jason. I mean, I, I'm a huge Jason fan. Uh, I don't, I haven't met a bigger Jason fan than me. Uh, so I, I think there are few people in the world that actually like Freddy versus Jason. So it's nice. You know, we're kind of kindred spirits in that way, I think. <laughs> yes, I, I look back at it very fondly. I mean, I might be slightly clouded by nostalgia because, like I said, I wasn't the fan beforehand. Sure. Um, but I think that movie is a lot of fun. I fucking love that movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I, that's why you and I get along. <laughs> um <laughs> it, like is it stupid yeah but it's awesome yeah <laughs> exactly like what else could you have done with those two characters at that point in time yeah like if they had tried to make it like the serious you know the hardcore battle between the two it just would have come out hokey you, you had to make it a little exactly. stupid yeah exactly. i think the, the 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 tragic mistake of that whole movie was casting fucking destiny's child in it yeah <laughs> that was a big fucking mistake but aside from that no that movie was badass uh, I, I watch it routinely. So, uh, so why don't you go ahead and tell us about Broke Horror Fan? How did you get started? And then kind of explain for people who don't know what it is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so back shortly after the Freddy vs. Jason time, um, you know, I was getting deeper into horror and exploring everything. And that was, you know, the internet was huge at that time. Obviously, it's even larger now. But um, that was really when message boards and things like that were big. Um, so I would go on like the IMDb message boards, which are now a mess. But back then they were slightly less messy um, for recommendations and stuff like that. And I started posting reviews, which are just terrible. But I eventually developed some skill set in writing. Um, I've always been fairly decent at writing. Um, so I kind of honed that skill and wrote for a few smaller websites. Um, I eventually co-founded one called Horror 101 um, several years back. Um, use that as kind of a launching board. I ended up writing for some of the bigger horror sites. I've contributed to um, Dread Central, Arrow in the Head, um, Horror Hound Magazine, and a few others. Um, and that was awesome. It was a good experience. I learned a lot. Um, got to write about a lot of cool things. Meet a few, few cool people through it. Um, but one of these days I was looking back and was like, I really just want to do what I want to do. Like, I'm sick of posting the same, you know, 
content that's just filtered on every other site. I kind of want to do something a little bit different. So in the summer of 2014, I launched BrocarFan.com. Um, it does do a lot of the stuff that other sites do. I'm not going to lie. Um, we do, you know, reviews, news, interviews, that kind of stuff. Um, but predominantly, um, where the name comes from is my focus on memorabilia and merchandise uh, associated with horror movies. I've always been a big collector, uh, and I love to shine a spotlight on stuff that you know you might not find elsewhere, um, whether it's officially licensed stuff or fan-made things or you know stuff that kind of goes under the radar that isn't quite licensed, but it's still really cool. Um, so yeah, I just love spreading stuff that I think is cool that I think other people will find cool. Yeah, I was kind of like um, flipping through your page a little bit, and I saw I was, I was looking at your uh, was it collectibles? Is that the page title uh gift guide is the page title ah that's one. um but uh yeah f- looking through that and it's like yeah there were a lot of pretty sweet things in there <laughs> and that that's why he's broke yeah, that's exactly. why i mean i'm broke so it's like painful <laughs> to look at like, these are the things i'll never have how, how many of the things <laughs> featured on your site do you actually have um in unfortunate few, um, I, I, there's a lot of stuff that I can't resist, but there's also, you know, only so much money and space to have. So just, just give us a couple examples of like your favorite collectibles that you, that you actually own. Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, let's see off the top of my head. I'm a big fan of the Funko reaction figures, the little three and three quarter inch, um, figures are styled after like the old, um, like star Wars style figures. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of people are into like the pops, which, which I also have a few of, but the, the reaction figures are probably uh, my favorite thing to collect. And how many do you have? Oh, uh, probably about 20, 25. Not bad. Yeah. Yeah. Tony and I are both, both into the pops. Um, I just recently started collecting and I'm just trying to get as many of the horror related ones as I can. I've got three shelves full so far. <laughs> it's a slippery slope. Well, yeah, because once you start getting into the collectible ones, you know, it's the, they get into the three digits and you're like, I just can't justify that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. See, that's what's good about the reaction figures. They're like 10 bucks a pop. You can't, uh, can't <laughs> yeah. go wrong with it. Yeah. Like I've, I, I started out thinking it's like, Oh yeah, I'm going to get all these horror ones and it's gonna be awesome. But then for some reason I started, getting more like superhero ones instead i don't i don't know what happened (laughs) uh but yeah so i i'm building my collection which is getting rather large and you know then my wife found out that they have like harry potter and friends and stuff and so she started yeah they're doing everything they just announced like golden girls which is right yeah yeah i saw uh, more power to golden girls fans don't get me wrong (laughs) thank you for being a friend (laughs) i was just looking through their upcoming uh, figures today and like they they've got like Ferris Bueller and Cam and Fry coming out. Oh yeah, my girlfriend's gonna want those. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> and you really want the Lady Gaga one from American Horror Story, right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. I really wish I would have gotten the Egon Spangler one before Harold Ramis passed away. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because now it's like sixty dollars. <laughs> of course. Is that? I thought it was like at least 100 or 80 or something like that. I saw a couple on Amazon for like 50 to 60. Okay. Maybe they, the they may be started. gone by now. <laughs> so, um, sorry, I lost my train of thought. 
<laughs> no problem. Taylor, pick up slack. Uh, <laughs> so you, you talked briefly about contributing to some of the other genre sites. Um, how did you get started with those? And like, what kind of stuff did you, did you do? Did you just do movie reviews or was there other stuff too? Um, most of it was news. Um, my first like paid writing gig was for hour in the head. And I was like their morning news guy for a few years while I was in college. Um, I just had all my classes scheduled in the afternoon, so I'd get up at like 6 a.m. every day and write the latest news for six hours, and then go to class. Um, it was very not glamorous, but I made a lot of <laughs> contacts through that, um, and it was cool to get money for writing, which I uh, hadn't really done much before that. Um, Money's good. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially when you're a broke horror fan. Right. <laughs> Um, and, uh, Dread Central, I predominantly wrote about music. Um, I'd reach out to Steve Barton, Uncle Creepy. Um, I'm a big fan of their site. Um, I, I love all the horror sites really, but Dread Central particularly because they, um, cover a lot of independent stuff. And I also dabble in publicity for independent horror films. So I very appreciative that they always cover, um, you know, anything they'll send their way, no matter the size. Um, it's not always about star power and hits with them. They really care about the product. Um, so I, I, I just said, I knew at one point they had a music column. Um, and I know uncle creepy is a big music guy. So I'd reached out and, uh, to see if he had any interest in doing that. So I did that for probably a couple of years. Um, and then in that time I started broke horror fan. It just became too much to keep up with both. Um, and horror hound, I did, um, independent, uh, film reviews or film reviews focusing predominantly on independent movies now did you write for the magazine or for their website for the magazine oh cool yeah i was it was a very very brief uh i was a wasn't like a staff writer i was just a contributor um but it was very cool to see you know my work in print particularly in such a great magazine sure yeah now you said you kind of wanted to split off and do your own thing with broke horror fan do you still contribute to any of these sites like occasionally or are you completely away from them now uh, right now, I'm completely away from them. Um, I'm not at all opposed to doing freelance stuff, uh, but it's just broke our friend takes up way too much time, way more time than any sane person would dedicate into something like this. But <laughs> yeah, we uh, I, back in the the wee days of uh, movie pilot, we were invited to be contributors, uh, and like we we did it for a little while, but it was just trying to trying to get a show ready every other week and then you know keep a constant flow of like new articles and you know, yeah. th writing things is just is too much especially when we're not getting paid yeah. for any of it so that's the uh i, I don't want a bad mouth one but i've been approached several times by movie pilot and i just can't pay the bills with exposure for one of the even if it is a ginormous site um the traffic they generate i can't imagine them not paying any writers well, that was the other thing is we found out that they pretty much just invited anyone who was on the internet. <laughs> that, that's actually true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and you see like their stuff is just regurgitated from other stuff in many cases. Uh, I won't say all cases cause there's some very talented people there. There are. And it's, it's, it's unfortunate that it, it's, well, it, it's kind of definitely become a place where, uh, fans can come and talk about like fan theories and stuff, but it's really straight away from actual news and journalism. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I mean is cool. If that's their, they're like the the BuzzFeed of the 
the film world. And I say that with great respect because BuzzFeed is obviously a ginormous success. Right. But, it, I mean, if that's going to be the case, then they, they should narrow down their niche and, you know, say this is what we're going to focus on instead of just kind of being like, this is where anyone can write. Yeah, yeah, that, that would certainly be beneficial. Yeah. But, I mean, this is why I'm the only person who writes for my site. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, I mean, you, you say that. Is, are, are you, like, the, the sole Broke Horror fan, or do you have any yes. kind of partners or anything? Just I you. am the sole, the sole voice of Broke Horror fan. Um, I've been approached by several very talented writers for, uh, you know, contribution offers, but I just... I. Even though it operates more like a, a regular website, I still kind of treat it like a blog. I like to just have the freedom to do whatever I want, and I want people to know like whatever's on there is is my voice and you know my opinion alone. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that kind of makes me sound controlling, which might be true, but um, <laughs> just use the term DIY instead. <laughs> yes, that's a good way to put it. That's a good way to put it. Um, so no, I, I I just I just enjoy being in charge of all the aspects because I'm I'm probably a little obsessive compulsive about it um and i would feel bad editing down someone else's work so it's just easier this way yeah i I think i think we can understand from a from a podcast perspective because it's something that we've maintained just the two of us and haven't really let any outside help in except for you know occasional guest spots um but just i think it's important to keep that that single narrative or you know in our case just our narrative and our voice Mm -hmm. And you know. even like with our website, like I, I built the whole website and I, I do all the webmastering stuff. And it's just like I, I like being able to know that at any time I can go into the back end and do whatever I want. Yes, yes. That was that was what was frustrating about writing for other sites as well. It was um, not that they weren't receptive by any means. Everyone I've written for, I'm very lucky, has been awesome. But just you have to, you know, pitch your ideas. Even if you're not getting paid, you have to pitch an article idea um, and make sure you know, no one else was already covering it, or if somebody already wrote about it, you got to find another angle. Um, I just like having the freedom to kind of, to kind of do what I want, and if people like it, they'll click. If they don't, they don't. Yeah. All right. Um, and so you're you're also a filmmaker. Um, Correct. Is is the horrors of autocorrect? That's your first short. Yes, that is. Uh, why don't you go ahead and tell us about how you got going on that? Yes. So um, when I when I'm like into something, I kind of dig in real deep. Um, so it all spawned, like I said, from Freddy versus Jason, uh, and then I kind of as I was writing for the horror sites in in high school, um, I also got interested in the filmmaking aspect. Um, the guy who I ran horror one on one with was also a filmmaker, so I was kind of like, oh, that's that's pretty interesting. Um, and then I, I started working on sets of local independent films, um, which I still do very much to this day. Um, but finally, a couple of years ago, uh, 2014, I, I wrote and directed my first short, which is called The Horrors of Autocorrect. Um, it played a couple film festivals, was really well received. It ended up getting picked up by Crypt TV, which is like a digital horror brand co-founded by Eli Roth. Um, and they, they released it digitally. Um, it's currently off YouTube because they're like relaunching their YouTube channel, but you can find it on their Facebook page, I believe. Um, it, or you get, if you go to the Grimbridge Productions, which is my production company, if you go to our Facebook page, you can find it on there probably easier. Um, but it was a ton of fun. Um, 
I really liked it. Uh, I've done a couple other shorts since then, and I'm working on some other projects now, uh, and hopefully working my way towards a feature within the next couple of years. Exciting. Were you already, did yeah. you always have like kind of a filmmaking passion, even before or um, took over? I've or? always I've always been into movies. Um, I never really thought about it as a filmmaker until I stepped. But I remember, I'll never forget the first time I stepped on set. It was uh, this local production called Beg, which was a slasher that had a, a bunch of, of really cool like horror actors. It had uh, Tony Moran, Tony Todd, PJ Souls, uh, Michael Berryman. Um, pretty sure yeah. I've heard of that. I haven't seen it, but it it was shot like I forget how many years ago, six years, something like that. Actually, more than that, maybe like eight years ago, and then it just came out on DVD like last year. <laughs> um, but uh, I will never forget the first day I stepped on this set, and I was like, "This is like this is what I want to do. Like these are my people. This is where I belong." Um, as much as I love writing, um, there's just something about being on a set that communal, creative uh aspects that i i don't get any greater joy than than doing that yeah we uh we do short films for halloween and you know we've we've done two so far but we've already got this growing cast not necessarily cast but crew for Mm -hmm. for our one this year and it's it's so cool to see all these you know just get more and more people who are all working towards this one creative goal yeah, and then finally be able to share it with people after you put so much effort in. It's it's so rewarding. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's definitely a a, a, a a fresh experience, especially. I mean, if, obviously, if you've never done it before, but uh, you know, I think a lot of people have probably done some kind of like super amateur thing where they just took like a like a home camera and or even a cell phone. There's yeah, or in, you know, yeah, did something yeah. in their backyard with their friend, but when you actually have like you know, like really nice cameras and lighting and actors to work with you and stuff. That's, that's a whole new experience and it's, it's really awesome. Yeah. And then every, every project is different. Every project you learn something. Uh, it's just, just, I love the environment, the camaraderie. For sure. So you mentioned you're working on something now. I assume you're, you're talking about trouser snake. Uh, trouser snake is actually done. Um, it premiered at the Boston underground film festival earlier this year. Um, I'm actually currently exploring release idea. It's a really, really short, um, short, I guess, uh, for lack of a better word. Um, it's a horror comedy. It's like a throwback to 50s monster movies, except the monster is a giant penis. <laughs> Going so, highbrow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's pretty sophisticated. Right. Um, so did this come from personal experience or? <laughs> uh, no comment. <laughs> Uh, but currently, I am producing a movie called Abizu, Taker of Children, um, A-B-Y-Z-O-U, uh, if anyone wants to look that up. It's uh, a possession film directed by a friend of mine, Jordan Pacheco, who's actually a very talented special effects artist who made the Trouser Snake in Trouser Snake. Um, and we're really excited about it. This is his fourth time directing, and I've, I've worked as crew on a couple of, the, of, a couple of his other movies. Um, but this one, we got a, a new cinematographer right out of film school who's, like, really eager to work and, like, really knows his lighting. So we're super, super excited about how it's coming out. And this, uh, is, this is another short film. film? This is a feature. Oh, okay. Um, can you give us any kind of plot details, or is it all kind of under wraps still? Uh, no, no. Um, it's about the this couple who is on a vacation in Israel. Um, 
And while there, the girl gets possessed by a demon. Uh, she doesn't know that until she comes home, and she finds out she's pregnant. Um, she's pregnant with this demon baby, so she has to kind of fight for the the life of her child, really. Um, Abizu is an actual demon from Hebrew uh, mythology who's said to be the taker of children, which is why we titled our movie that. Um, so, so it's we not kind just a of, clever name. No, no. <laughs> but thank you for saying it's clever. <laughs> Um, so we kind of took the actual mythology and infused it with some of Jordan's own um, creativity. Um, and it's been a really, really rewarding process. Um, I had, I've produced other titles, but this is my first time being so creatively involved um, from inception to production. And I will be also heavily involved in post-production. I'm also editing it. So uh, it's been really exciting. Cool. Um, are you like currently writing anything or? Um, my next production that I'm directing will most likely be a... It's kind of going to double as a short film and a music video. Um, this really, really cool band for, that a friend of mine is in, or actually he is the band. It's called It's Teeth. Um, you can find him on Bandcamp. You can download all their stuff for free. He's releasing a new single, and I'm kind of doing a, a short film set to that music um, to help promote it which if all goes well we'll be shooting um within the next couple months so it'll be online in the summer and uh i mean i don't know i mean (laughs) i guess your your format for broke horror fan is pretty set but uh, anything new and exciting coming from that angle um it's an interesting question um (laughs) (laughs) not particularly um I wouldn't say I'm not exciting, but you're right. The <laughs> format is uh, is pretty well set. Um, I post the news that interests me. I mean, I, I don't do like every single, you know, still or clip that comes out. But if it's a movie that I'm really looking forward to, you know, maybe I will. Um, but like I said, I like to focus more on the merchandising aspect. Um, I'm excited because this Friday is Friday the 13th, and that always means like 30 different Jason products are going to be announced. Yeah. <laughs> Tony's going to buy 27 of them. <laughs> I get paid right, on Friday, it. too. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, Dangerous, but perfect. <coughs> Excuse me. No, no plans to expand into like other multimedia, no video section or... Anything like that um, on Broke Horror Fan? That's something I've toyed with. Um, I just think it would be become too uh, time-consuming, I guess the way to put it, best way to put it. Because I also work in film, um, including editing, uh, I would just feel overwhelmed, I think, with another thing to edit every whatever it is, week or two. Um, same with the podcast. Um, there's so many great ones out there already. Like I would feel... Like I would have to bring the same way I did with Broke Horror Fan, where that's focused on merchandise. I would need to find some kind of angle to approach it from that other people haven't. And I, since I could not come up with that, I've kind of tabled that idea. Um, but I'm always looking for for any new and exciting stuff. So we'll see. You know, as something just popped in my head. You know, you said you tend to review or and talk about products that are of particular interest to you do you get mm-hmm. ever get approached by anybody to to review a product or, or anything of that nature yeah um the the one of the perks of the job i do occasionally get sent stuff i write about i never ask for it but i'm i'm occasionally offered it um 
whether it's I, I do I do review like screener copies of movies, but you know I've I've received some some cool like various like you know posters or whatever or pins stuff that I've written about, and people said, oh you know thanks for for doing that. I'd love to send you a copy. Um, so it's cool. Uh, I do post about like I said I I cater mostly to my own interests because like I said I treat it like a blog, but I do. Um, post about things that I don't, I'm not necessarily interested in, but I know readers are. Um, like you had mentioned American Horror Story earlier. I'm not a fan of that show, but I know a ton of people are. Um, so I, you know, I'll post whenever they have new, whatever trailers or whatnot. Can you get us one of those foam slammers? <laughs> <laughs> I'll see what I can do. Cause those are badass. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, uh, you're, you know, you're doing pretty well for yourself. I mean, you, you, Broke Horror Fan is a pretty well-known name, and you know you've got a lot of clout in the different horror sites. Uh, what would you do? You have any kind of recommendations for somebody who's in maybe a lesser-known position that's trying to kind of break out and get a name for themselves? Like if they're just like a podcaster, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm asking, asking for, for a friend. friend. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, a which I think you already covered. Like, don't be afraid to work for free and hone your craft um i did it for many years um it's always like i would have like people who were being supportive like you know friends and family and stuff be like you know you're too talented to just be writing for free but that's where everyone's gonna start somewhere particularly now where everyone fancies themselves a a writer which i i agree if, if you have the keyboard you should write but um you should do everything in your power to hone that skill um when it comes to movies, watch all the movies you can, but, you know, really take them in. Notice, you know, the cinematography, the lighting, the acting, the editing, and that will make you a much better writer about the films, as well as if you can actually work on a set, uh, that will give you a whole new appreciation. Um, but beyond that, um, I would say try to find your niche. Um, I know I already touched on this before, but, like, I didn't want to do another horror site that covered the same thing as every other horror site, which is why Broke Horror Fan is what it is. Um, I think it's really important, particularly now more than ever, because same way everyone likes to write, everyone has their own blog. So if you don't find some way to stand out from the pack, you're just going to fall to the wayside, unfortunately. Um, it's not a reflection of how good your writing is or, or, or what. It's just something about bringing fresh content to people that they can't find everywhere else. Good advice. Um, so a Twitter user, Astorionics, wants to know if you're still broke. <laughs> uh, I make independent films and I write for a website. I am as broke as you can possibly be. <laughs> I, 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 I've got to assume you have a day job. Yes, yes, okay. I do. Yeah, I'm I mean, very fortunate. The bills. <laughs> yeah. I'm very fortunate that my day job is at a computer all day, which leaves me a lot of free time to write up broke our fan posts. On company time, eh? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, kind of, uh, you know, one hand scratches the other. What is that saying? I butchered that, but whatever. <laughs> I got it. I mean, <laughs> I think according to Silicon Valley, that means your day job owns broke horror fan. Uh, if I'm understanding well, that correctly. Well, I mean, they can own it if they want to pay my bills. <laughs> <laughs> they can pay the hosting fees. Yeah, exactly. Um, I do have some like occasional advertisers or um, sponsored content on Brokar Fan. Um, it's rare, but it's awesome when it comes through. So if anyone's listening would like to advertise for a very affordable rate, feel free to get in touch. 
<laughs> All right. So, I mean, we've already covered your website is brokehorrorfan.com. You want to go ahead and throw out your, your Twitter and anything else? Sure. Yeah. We, on Twitter, we're at brokehorrorfan, Facebook, brokehorrorfan, brokehorrorfan.com. Um, that is all the social media I use for the site. Uh, we're, all, we're actually built on Tumblr, so if you follow Broke Horror Fan on Tumblr, you get all of our updates. Um, I'm at Alex's Legend on Twitter, or you can find me if you Google my name on whatever Facebook. Um, my email is also on the Broke Horror Fan site if anyone has any questions or whatever that we didn't touch on here. Uh, I'm always available. Right on. All right, well, thanks so much for coming on, Alex. It was really great talking to you. No problem. It was a good time to- I'm glad we could finally get it to work out. Yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> and uh, you know, you're welcome back anytime. We'd love to hear hear more of uh, of, of your journey through the horror world. So, yeah. Uh, oh, I would I would like to plug one more thing, oh, um, yeah. which uh, I did touch on it before. But if you find Abizu on Facebook, um, Abizu Taker of Children, um, and like that page, I would greatly appreciate it. We're we're in the middle of production, so any support we can get right now is is very helpful. Consider it done. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Well, best of luck to you in the future, Alex, with uh, Broke Horror Fan and your production company and, and all that. And uh, we'll talk to you again. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Thank yeah. you. Take care. I got that great pie. I got that great pie. I got that great pie. It's right off the highway. Wobbledy, wobbledy, drop into my grave plot. You afraid of death? Well, I'm afraid not. Because I got the bomb spot right off the highway. I did it my way. A very small percentage. All right, so brokehorrorfan.com. I just realized, like you said, after the interview, go to the website. They, most people, like most modern internet browsers, you can open a new tab. That's true. They, they doesn't, that doesn't have no good now, but they could have gone to the website while they listened to the interview. Right. It would have been meta. <laughs> I hate you. It wouldn't have been meta at all. <laughs> Idiots. Um, but yeah, uh, go check out brokehorrorfan.com and uh, check out uh, Alex's uh, movie that he's working on, um, Abizu. So from here, I guess we just do what we usually do. Yeah, no changes to this section. Not so much. Same old shit. Uh, and jump into our reviews. All right, Taylor, what do you want to start with? Uh, let's start with they. What the fuck's the movie called? They watch. They're watching. They're watching. <laughs> Welcome to Moldova, where the old meets new in surprising ways. Moldova is beautiful. I think it's time for a change. I want to slow down, focus on my life. Come. Becky wants a house to raise a family. <laughs> I like it. I like it all. You serious? What? She actually bought that place? What could she have possibly done with it in six months? That's what we're here to find out. These people are upset that you have films. Oh my god, Greg, look, it's your mom. You are mean. How do I say which? Rajitwari. Rajitwari! 
Okay. No, he's definitely not okay. Let's just do our jobs and get out of here quickly. Wait, are you sure this is the right house? Your house looks great. <laughs> Thank you. Come on down. This is kind of creepy. What is that painting? They've been here since this morning. Let's get out of here before they go all deliverance on our asses. Many years ago, it happened. Villagers want to know why. Tell me God's gonna curse you. It's a funeral. Why is this happening? What the? Wow. Who is to blame? Oh, my God. People start to die. We shouldn't have come back here. She must be rich. This must be the worst house in Moldova. <laughs> Oh my God. Could somebody please explain that we are American? All right. Uh, They're watching is a movie that just came out this year. A um, couple weeks ago, I believe. No. March. So it's been out a little bit. Um, uh, it's uh, directed and written by um, Jay Lender and Michael Wright. I'm not familiar with anything. Name, names don't ring a bell. Okay. Um, relatively unknowns in this movie, um, as far as the um, cast goes. Uh, recognizable face, maybe Bridget Branagh. Uh, she the the blonde or the redhead? She's the redhead. Hmm. No? Okay. Well, I've, I've seen her in a few things. I can't name one off the top of my head. Um, one of the camera guys was familiar, too. Uh, so I'm looking at Jay Lender's IMDb page here. Uh, looks like he's best known as a storyboard director for SpongeBob SquarePants. Oh, <laughs> well, so this is right up his alley then. <laughs> yeah, apparently. <laughs> <clears throat> um, so the basic premise of this and what kind of, uh, attracted to me in the first place um, was <laughs> if you've ever seen any of those House Hunter m- TV shows, um, what are you making faces over there about? Jay Lender and Micah Wright are both writers for video games. Mostly right. video games based on movies, it looks like. Interesting. Um, they, they wrote the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory video game. There was a video game for that? Apparently. <laughs> and, uh,. Uh, Transformers: Rise of the Revenge of the Fallen, the video game. <laughs> the The Sopranos, the video game. <laughs> the Dukes of Hazard. All right. <laughs> yeah. As you were. Um. Anyway, so like, like I said, if you've ever seen any of these House Hunter TV shows, basically you know, the premise is there's a couple. Um. They are trying to relocate, and basically, a real estate agent usually will take them around to several different houses that kind of meet their overall needs and and uh, requests. And basically, they will. The entire show is them viewing these houses and then, you know, bitching about what they don't like, and then eventually deciding on a house. I'll pull the curtain back for you a little bit and tell you that that shows those shows are fake. 
<laughs> because my wife's friend was on one and she said that they had already decided on the house before they were even approached by the show um, or before they approached the show, one of the two. So the other two houses or two or three houses or whatever they looked at on the show were decoys. <laughs> Furthermore, nice. real nice. She is no longer with that guy. Ooh, that's <laughs> awkward. <laughs> so they are forever immortalized <clears throat> on a TV show as a couple moving in together. Um, but anyway, so this movie takes place in Moldova, which is a country in the Eastern Bloc of Central Europe. Um, Looks like it's in Romania. In Romania? Or uh, adjacent to Romania. Right, yeah. It's it's like next, right? Looks like... If 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 the map that they showed is accurate, and I have to assume it was, it looked like it was right next to Russia, like on the border of Russia. It's in between Romania and Ukraine. Oh, is it okay? Maybe it was Ukraine that I saw then. <coughs> anyway, um, the show opens up, or the movie opens up as this TV show. It's a house hunter TV show. Do you, well, do you remember the name of the show? Oh, I want to say it was like Home Hunter or something like that. I don't remember exactly, but um, <laughs> it follows um, Becky and Home Hunters. Was it Home Hunters? Yeah. <clears throat> That's what I said, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah, okay. Or, yeah. Um, home Hunters Global, technically. Right. Yeah, because there's in real life, there's House Hunters and then there's House Hunters International. Oh, okay. Um, so, yeah, it, it starts out with this segment that was filmed six months ago uh, of Becky and, oh, God, what was her husband's name? Or boyfriend, whatever he was. Uh, Goron? Goron. Goron. <laughs> He's this really, like, she's this sweet, like, kind of retiring girl. Um, she's played by Bridget Branagh. Um, and she's relocating there because he's from there. He's a, he's a soccer player. He's a soccer player. And, uh, I he's, think he maybe signed a new, signed with a team there. Maybe, but he, I mean, he's, he's Eastern European of some kind. Yeah. Whether or not he's from Moldova, I have no idea. I don't think they ever actually get into that, but he definitely is Eastern European. Um, and so they're finding a house in like the most remote village in this country. And not only is it a remote village, but they find a remote location in the village <laughs> where this house is located. Uh, they're led around by their... Uh, real estate agent um, Vladimir or v- Vladimir or how did he, he said it he says it with a super thick accent yeah like Vladimir or something yeah something um, <clears throat> who is the best real estate agent in Moldova I like the Borat thumbs <laughs> over there <laughs> because best or only real estate agent is best real estate agent right 
See, now he looks familiar. Did he? And apparently he's in Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. And he's also in Chernobyl Diaries. Okay, he was like the tour guide in Chernobyl Diaries. He was the one that took them to Chernobyl. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's been a while since I've seen that, since it was so gravely disappointing. <coughs> now, in in present time, it it's six months later, they're doing a follow-up episode with this couple. Um, and that's that's kind of the premise, but the, the movie is actually about the crew that works on the show. Um, yeah, and it's found footage style. Right, but it, it's it's not as bad as most found footage movies. Right, because they're a TV crew. They have a reason to be filming. That and although they know how to handle there the is camera. not only one, but two times when someone asks him, why are you still filming? Right. And, you know, you know, usually the reason behind that is like somebody's going to want to see this. And that was kind of the reason they used in this, but it was sort of legitimate <laughs> because, yeah, these bad things are happening and we need to show the police. So we need to have some evidence. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so, yeah, the the host or the show is hosted by Kate Banks um, and she's with her crew, uh, cameraman Greg Abernathy um, or yeah Greg Alex and Sarah thank you Sarah is she's the father of the or the daughter of the producer or like the channel the network executive or something mm-hmm. Some, somebody higher up she's the kid and so she was basically hired by him and put on the show even though Kate who is the producer of the show had no say in it <laughs> so there's this natural kind of contempt for her because she's fresh out of college. Even though she went to film school, she's not completely oblivious to how things work. Um, but, you know, they obviously see a little nepotism here. Um, particularly uh, Alex, he seems to hold a grudge um, against her. But Greg is holding something else against her. <laughs> that dick! Who's dick? <laughs> um... Anyway, so they, they, yeah, they go into this fucked up, this weird village that's just populated by weird fucking people. Um, like McPoyles. Yeah. It's basically like a village full of McPoyles. Right. Uh, and, you know, they're trying to, like I said, film this follow-up thing <clears throat> uh, with Becky and uh, Gorham. Is that what you said? yeah. Yeah, Goron. Uh, Goron's gone. He's uh, he's traveling, maybe with the team, something. I don't know. And so it's just Becky there. And things just keep going wrong. They keep having to delay their filming because they go in there thinking it's just going to be in and out process, you know, go in, shoot some footage, and bail out and get out of this fucking country. Um but it's not working out that way. They end up having to stay multiple days. They kind of almost get, well, they kind of they adapt to the 
culture around there a little bit. Like, actually start bonding yeah. with, with the villagers. Start going out to the local bar and having drinks with the locals. Yeah. Even start learning the language a little bit. A little bit. And that's ultimately what gets them in trouble because this uh, was Sarah. Um, Vladimir tells Sarah what the word for witch is in their language. And she calls Kate that. And little does she know. Well, she knows. She actually. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you almost hear the record scratch. Um, and this village has a history with witches. <laughs> or a witch, I guess. Yeah. Um, back a couple a couple hundred years, or was it? Uh, did they actually specify? They they may have, but I didn't commit it to memory. I'm not sure. Um. But yeah, so they they kind of like up until that moment that you don't really know what's going on with these villagers. Yeah. But it's like as they're going to um, uh, Becky's house. It's like every time they go there, there's more people just kind of standing outside, just watching the house. Yeah, with fucking axes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, things just keep getting weirder and weirder, and you know, and like Vladimir even says, he's like, oh, he's, they're they're lumberjacks, they're out chopping to- yeah. chopping down trees. Yeah. But it's literally, like, every time they go outside, there's more of them, mm-hmm. and they're just you know standing in the street or standing across the street and just and just standing there, just being creepy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and but, you don't know why until it gets to the part where you find out about the witch. Right. And yeah, shit just starts slowly going sideways uh, from there. And I mean, a lot of the, most of this movie is like things gradually getting weirder in the village. Like they're finding out like all the little quirks of the villagers. Like they go to a funeral and they get caught fil- filming it. Mm-hmm. And that fucking blows up like Greg almost gets his ass kicked by one of the villagers until the the town constable shows up and he seems to always be there at the nick of time. Yeah. Which you know, you kind of find out later that he's follow essentially following them, which would explain a lot. Um but he's almost like always there to break up the fight, like right is about to happen. Um and that's that's kind of like at the beginning. So they start out on a really sour note with these villagers, right? Um, and you know, trying to deal with Kate, who's just this monumental bitch, like all the time. Um, and oh, Alex, who is basically obsessed with drinking and weed and Giorno or Dinah, huh? The Dinah? Is that what you're talking about? He kept going on about this fucking dino, whatever it was. It was, it was like a like, like a, it was looked like a candy bar or something. Yeah, <clears throat> I, I'm pretty sure it was. It wasn't Dinah. It was Dinah. Hold on, I'm gonna find out what it was. I s- swear to God, it's Dinah. Doina. Doina. All right, sorry. Well, the Dinah didn't sound right. It was it's, it's Doina. <laughs> I I tried looking it up. I don't know what Doina is. Yeah, me neither. I I, th- I I tried to look it up too, and I could not find it. Yeah, I don't think it's a thing. But like, they stop at a gas station, and he goes in. And he's like doina, 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 and then he, later he comes out, and he's like, "They don't have fucking doina. What kind of gas station doesn't have doina?" <laughs> it's like, what is doina? Yeah, like he's he, the way they introduce it is like we're supposed to know what it is. Like yeah. he's saying they don't have Snickers. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's like this. It's this. 
I, I, I assume that it was a clear packaging. I couldn't quite tell, but it, it looked like it was this bar of white stuff. Yeah. Like a white chocolate bar or something. Maybe. Maybe it was candy. We don't know. <laughs> yeah, I still have no fucking idea. But he fucking loved Doina. He gave Vladimir a Doina bar as a gift. Um, so, you know, it's, it's clearly very important to him. What? <laughs> I googled Doina bar and I went to Facebook and then it is just a person named Doina bar. <laughs> Anyway, so um, it's, it's it's this movie's kind of a mixed bag a little bit as far as p- plot and um, like s- type of movie. Like you get kind of like um, almost two thousand maniacs type thing, you know, with the crazy villagers. But then you also have the element of the witch, which kind of you know the found footage combination makes you think a little bit of like Blair Witch a little bit, a little bit. Um, then the end of this movie is just like holy batshit crazy. Yeah, and it was kind of good. <laughs> I kind of liked this movie. Yeah, it's not bad. <laughs> I mean, I didn't go into it expecting a lot. I mean, because <laughs> there's there's a petition on change.org for uh, Americans want their doina. <laughs> Opening paragraph. Brothers and sisters, allow me to introduce myself. My name is Alex Torini. It's the guy in the fucking movie. Yes. <laughs> That's viral marketing right there. Yeah. <laughs> Doina. Okay, what is Doina, you ask? Is it a candy bar? A protein bar? Does it contain meat? Or is it gluten-free and vegan? I don't know. How should I describe Doina? Frankly, I don't think words can do it justice. And this is coming from a man who has deep and abiding belief in the power of words. I really do. All I know is that I had one of these things on a recent trip to Moldova, about which the less said, the better. And it is nothing less than shrink-wrapped perfection. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Let's get that Doina. It has 24 signatures. (laughs) Um... Yeah, so, so I came up with with what I think is a good and a good metaphor for this movie. Okay, it's like if your dad says, "Hey, we're gonna drive to Disneyland," and so you're you're driving to Disneyland, and you already know you're driving along. You already know what's at the end. You know we're going to Disneyland. That's the destination. But your dad starts going off I five and going down these back streets, and you're like, "Where is he going with this?" <laughs> and then you get to Disneyland, and it's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, this movie, as far as, like like I said, the kind of the crazy villager aspect of it, it's pretty by the numbers. Like, not, not really a lot, of, a lot of surprises with that. But it's, it was still okay. They uh, do a good job of reeling you in. Yeah. It's like, okay, here's this creepy thing, and it's these creepy villagers, and they're all creepy. And then, holy shit, look over here! Yeah. I and mean, you know you've got the element of the witch, uh, the, like the legend, because you know, they they burned a witch at the stake, however many decades, centuries maybe ago, and it's just kind of like this dirty little secret of this village. And like I said, they already know about it, but they obviously they're not very mindful of it, um, and it clearly it still deeply affects this village, um, but. 
it does a good job, and I, I don't know if this is necessarily on purpose, but it does a good job of making you not think about the witch. Yeah. Because that does become an issue later in the movie, but during the... That's kind of what I meant. It's like they, like they keep focusing on the villagers and making you yeah. think that the villagers are the the, the protagonist in this movie, Antagonist. or the antagonist, sorry. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not at all. Right. Um, and I mean... I think my stance on found footage is pretty well established, but I didn't have a huge issue with this one. There wasn't a lot of shaky cam. Yeah, that's that's the biggest thing is that you know it's it's a found footage style, but like you said, it, they're professional cameramen. They know what they're doing. They're professional cameras. Yeah, and and there's not a lot of you know running and mm-hmm. it's mostly contained within this house. Yeah, and or, I'll, the, or the bar. I'll, because they have so many different cameras. Like they they have like three different cameras that they're using, I believe. Yeah, I think so. At, at least at least two, but I think three. Um, and you know they've got they they like mounted at least one camera in Becky's house. So you've got all these different cameras that are pretty much all going at the same time. So a lot of times you don't even notice that it's a found footage because you've got all these different angles of the same scene. Yeah. So. That played really well because you know you got the found footage feel without the found footage experience, I guess. Okay. Um. So that was well executed. Uh, whether or not that was on purpose, I don't know, but um, it it went over well with me. Somebody who doesn't really like found footage got me to appreciate it. Um. And you know this is this is a horror comedy. Um, I didn't get a lot of comedy out of it though. There wasn't a lot of it, but the parts that were funny were pretty funny. Ma- yeah. Mainly with like Alex because he's such a prick, right? <laughs> um, and you know Vladimir because he's uh, kind of a dumbass. Um, and Goran, he's <laughs> just a total asshole. Yeah. And so he like the. He wasn't in much of the movie. Like he was only in the the like the the part that they shot six months ago. That's mm-hmm. that's the only part you see him in. Um, and uh, yeah, he's he. But it, it, yeah, it, it definitely has those very extreme degrees. Like, you know, they've got kind of the lighthearted, funny parts, but then also like the really fucked up, like creepy parts, you know, where they're, you know, like the the villagers are swarming on them and, or, you know, they're about to like get in a fight with them or something. There's this very different, almost polar opposites. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I I liked it. I I do feel parts of it were a little, um, a little slow, I guess. Yeah. Um, but it, it did a good job of kind of balancing where like, you know, they would go to the bar and they would be drinking and singing with all the people. And it's this really happy, fun moment. And then they go back to Becky's house and there's all the villagers again. And it just completely like 
sends a chill down your spine. Yeah. Because it's like you just go from happy to all of a sudden it's just this, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. They do a good job of building you up just to tear you back down. Yeah. Um, but like you said, I mean, that kind of... That kind of got a little old. Yeah, they do it a couple times, and that's the thing. Yeah, it was it was a little repetitive in that aspect. Um, not enough really to detract from the movie itself. I wouldn't say. No, there's. I don't feel like at any point was I like, okay, yeah, you did this. Get on with it. Yeah, but it's it's more of like a hindsight thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, God. And then, like I said, the end is just batshit crazy. Yeah, and it's like uh, I'll, I'll I'll say that there are a lot of visual effects, but I mean they're kind of lower end visual effects. But it doesn't really matter because it's so off the wall that it's just yeah, it's like fuck it, <laughs> I'm having fun. <laughs> like it almost seemed like they went okay, here's your budget, and then they filmed like the first you know hour and twenty minutes and went oh shit, we still got so much money. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it, let's go nuts. <laughs> I mean, as far as visual effects go, if you compare it to like a big like summer blockbuster compared to this, they're low end visual effects. Yeah, but they're good visual effects to the point where they almost seem out of place in this. <laughs> <laughs> but again, it's 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 a it's a surprise, but it's not distracting. I guess it's. It's kind of an, a nice change up from the rest of the movie. Well, that's that's what I mean. Like the the rest of the movie, there's so little, you know. There's no visual effects for the entire rest of the movie. Yeah. And so it's like you kind of think, oh, it's just this low budget movie. Yeah. And then you get these, you know, like you said, they're they're not major Avengers style effects or anything, but they're bigger than you are led to believe. Mm. You, you're expecting just like bad CGI, but it's pretty good. Yeah, better than like Asylum movies. <laughs> then what? Oh, Asylum movies. <laughs> um, I, I don't I don't really have anything else to say. I guess. No, I think I, I think we covered everything. Yeah. Um, this movie was not any piece of art or anything. I mean, it was not like the greatest movie ever made but i it wasn't bad i i enjoyed no, it's, it it's a fun watch yeah i mean it's I, it's like seven bucks on vod to rent it it's like 13 to buy it um it, it's it's worth the seven bucks i think i i would say so i don't know if i would buy it but no i i'm i, I don't know if this is something i would really want or, I, I don't know that I'd add it to my library and watch it over and over like right. a lot of movies. This is like maybe something, yeah, I'd watch maybe again in like a couple of years. I would watch like if somebody else was watching it. Sure. I would sit and watch it with them. Yeah. But. I would I would recommend this to someone. I mean, I would. I, I would recommend, depending on who it is, I think. Yeah. Oh, well, you've got to read your audience. But. Well, yeah, but I mean, <clears throat> I know some people that like scary movies and I, I wouldn't recommend this to them. Sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, overall, pretty good. Um, I think I'll give it a six. Okay. Um, that's what I was thinking too. 
I was going going between five and six, but I think I'll, I'll go ahead and match you, and I'll say six as well. All right. So our second movie is a brand new movie, just came out April 1st, called Green Room. All right. I can get you guys a solid gig. Matinee tomorrow, doors at one, you guys are on a three. Gentlemen, you're trapped. Things have gone south. It won't end well. You can't keep us here, man. You gotta let us go. We're not keeping you. You're just staying. Shoot who is left. Blood and blade. Get ready to run. Here we go. Careful now. This will be over soon, gentlemen. I said before that I had an interesting story about this. Oh, right. <laughs> so, yeah, it was Friday night, the day before we were supposed to record. <clears throat> and, you know, I usually wait till the, like, kind of last minute to watch our movies because I want it fresh in my mind. So, it's Friday night, um, and I'm, you know, probably another hour or so away from actually watching our movies. And I get a text from you saying... Went to the theater to see Green Room, and that you were literally the only person in the theater. Yeah, despite there being thousands of people at the the theater, but they were all there to see Captain America. Right. You also did a little... Sounded like you are doing a Christopher Walken impression there. Thousands of people. Thousands of people. Um, yeah, so you, you tell me that, and I'm thinking, okay... Taylor doesn't go to the theater unless he absolutely has to. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm thinking the green room is on VOD. So I tell you, or I ask you, I was like, is it not on VOD? Well, originally, when I had put it on the calendar, it was supposed to come out on VOD on April 1st. But apparently there was either so much hype over it or something that they decided to pull the VOD release and just release it in theaters. (laughs) Okay, so... Which was why I was seeing it on Friday, too, because I didn't realize that until earlier in the week. Yeah. So you're telling me this, and I'm thinking, fuck. Because I'm, I'm looking around at all the VOD uh, providers, basically, you know, iTunes and PlayStation and uh, Amazon and everything, and it's nowhere to be found. I'm like, shit. So I actually like start looking up showtimes, thinking maybe I can catch it in town. I find a showing... In Tukwila, you know, people not f- from here, uh, that is about 20 minutes to half an hour away from me. Uh, the showing starts at 7.45. When I'm finding this, it's 7.25. <laughs> so I had to make a snap decision. <laughs> 
<laughs> like my wife came home from work or you know she drove home from work and went immediately to the gym so i hadn't even seen her yet so i texted her i said uh okay you're gonna be mad <laughs> but i have to go to a movie right now <laughs> or i have to wait until like like 10 30 for the next showing um and uh or yeah i said like i i have to go to a movie in tuckwilla like right now <laughs> um and so i yeah me- immediately went out went out the door and i'm going to a theater that i didn't even know existed <laughs> i knew of one theater in tuckwilla and it wasn't this one <laughs> so i'm driving around looking for this fucking theater that as far as i knew wasn't even there and then I get there, and much like you, there were four other people in the theater. Um, so, yeah, it was probably the most snap decision to see a movie I've ever seen or I've ever had. Yeah, my theater ended up filling up a little more. There was probably, I don't know, two dozen or so people in there. Oh, really? Um, but this during the trailers, there was one trailer i don't remember what the movie was now but there was a scene where there was like mannequins with melted faces okay and right at that moment this group of four girls walked in and she goes oh oh my god i'm just like oh god damn it no <laughs> guess where they sit right behind you right behind me <laughs> that's why i always sit in the last row i was in the like first row of the second area because mm. there's like a hallway or a you know walkway through the middle yeah so i stood in the because I, when i went in i was the only person there so i was like i'm gonna sit right here and put my feet up pull my dick out <laughs> what Wait, you don't do that <laughs> i take my pants off when i go to the movies what but yeah they they pretty much were that the whole the whole movie uh. wanted to kill them all why would they opt to see that one and they sat on there like oh my god this movie's gonna be so scary I'm so scared already. Oh my God, you guys. God damn it. Uh, oh, in my theater, there was this old guy uh, who was doing this the entire movie. The entire movie. That's uh, that's no good. No. That's the last thing I wanted to hear. <laughs> anyway. All right. So, to the movie. hopefully you guys, if you saw this, have a better uh, theatrical experience than we did. <laughs> uh, but the movie is about a uh, punk band from just outside Washington, D.C. The band is called The Ain't Rights. Features uh, Pat, Reese, Sam, and Tiger. Um, Tiger is the singer. Pat is the bass player, played by Anton Yelchin. Uh, Sam is the guitar player, played by... Uh, Alyssa Shawcat, aka Maybe Funke, <laughs> and then uh, Reese is the drummer, played by Joe Cole, who looked familiar. Yeah, he did. Uh, I don't but know I, why. I could not place him. Um, let's see. He's in Peterman. I don't know what that is. Oh, Peterman, of course. Uh, I don't know one of these damn movies. Anyways, they ain't rights. They're on tour uh, out here in the great Northwest, <laughs> which the first time I picked up on it, 
is when they went to the guy Tadpole's house and uh, uh, Sam pulled out the six pack and I was like, is that Rainier? <laughs> Ranye. And then when they had the, the bonfire, I was like, oh, that's definitely Olympia. <laughs> so I figured out it was the Northwest by the beer. <laughs> what does that say about me? I don't know. <laughs> that people in the Northwest drink shitty beer. Whoa, I don't drink shitty beer. <laughs> Just because I recognize the cans, I drink good craft beer. Because you're a douchebag. No, because I have taste buds. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so there's, they play this show, and when they first get there, he tells them, you know, I have this show, you can headline, but it's, it's a lunch show. And it ends up being at this Mexican restaurant. Well, no. When he gets there, they were supposed to play this other show, but uh, like the city council or something, or no, the owners of the club that they were supposed to play in, like he had a bad show <laughs> uh, and he was uninvited back. That's right. <laughs> so yeah, so then he gets them this backup show and it's, it's, a, it's a lunch show, but they can headline and they can split the door <laughs> and it ends up being at this Mexican restaurant and I was like I've done that <laughs> it's true I was there <laughs> I did it twice <laughs> and they end up making like six dollars each or something right uh, but then but he tells they got free lunch <clears throat> yeah got rice and beans <laughs> but he tells them I, I can get you a good show but it's it's at a skinhead club did he did he tell them that yeah, he says it's all uh, laces and braces, which apparently is a code for skinheads or something. All right. There, there were a lot of punk things going on that I didn't understand. Yeah, because I think Tiger was like, oh, skinheads? Yeah, there's some at every show. He was yeah. like, you know, it's, it's cool. Just don't talk politics and just only talk to my cousin David. Yeah. No, you'll be cool. So they go to this place, which is just like a standalone building in the middle of the woods. That's the venue. Which should have been sign number one. Right? <laughs> uh, and but so... Fucking punk kids are dumb. <laughs> they open and they get the genius idea to play Nazi punks fuck off by the dead Kennedys. <laughs> and like Pat even says, he goes, I have a really stupid idea. Yeah. And they go with it because they're dumb punk kids. Yeah. And they get the the crowd just gets all worked up and starts you know throwing bottles at them and flipping them off, mm-hmm. but then they end up winning them back with their original stuff. Yeah, and so they go back to the titular green room, <laughs> you know the green room, right? And uh, which is not so green. <laughs> yeah, turns out. <laughs> um, you come to find out that one of the guys in the headlining band has stabbed a girl in the head. In the fucking head. Yeah, like in the temple. If you're going to stab somebody, do you stab them in the head? I mean, is that your go-to? I think my go-to would probably be like the belly. Yeah, or like the throat or something. Yeah, this is like in the side of the head, like fucking Walking Dead shit. Yeah, (laughs) or Shaun of the Dead. Oh, the dart? Dart. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And they're like, oh, no, it's cool. We didn't see anything. Goodbye. (laughs) And they're like, no, no. You're going to stay right here. Yeah. Come back. Get over here. Come on. Yeah. And uh, 
as time goes by, it becomes increasingly clear that they're not coming out of this venue alive. Right. And then Jean-Luc Picard shows up. <laughs> right. Uh, Professor X shows up <laughs> and just fucks up their perfect day. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was going so well. Yeah. And so then, um, you know, the story is them trying to escape and then there's just they have to clear out the club they get all of the the patrons out of the club but they lock them in the green room and then just this any anybody with red laces which i guess um i I just found out today is apparently a code in the skinhead community for you that you've killed someone oh i I took it i mean i didn't understand but i took it as like being like a like a lieutenant that's what I thought too. Was that it, you, you were, you know, part of this group? Yeah. But apparently, no. It's a it's a code for having killed someone. Huh. That that's what I heard. I, I'm not gonna know a lot of skinheads, do you? No, thankfully. <laughs> I'm I'm not gonna, you know, preach that as gospel because it's just what I heard. But, anyways, um, so yeah, they're they're gonna they're gonna kill him. Yep. For some reason, they don't. Oh, no, I guess they, they like, barricade the door so they can't just charge in there and get them. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a deadbolt on it, and they're trying to keep... Like, they're, the skinhead's goal... And I mean, uh, what was Stuart's name? I can't remember. Um, Darcy. Darcy. Darcy's goal is to keep them calm to make things easier for him and his crew. So he's not trying to make them panic and think that, oh, well, yeah, these guys are definitely going to kill us. He's trying to keep them, you know, somewhat hopeful. Right, because, I mean, he doesn't want a, a fight. Yeah. He just wants to kill them. Yeah. Um, I forgot what was going with that. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it, it's these four band members and then imagine Poots. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, character named Amber. It's like it's Imogen Poots, but who uh, played Amy in Fright Night? Anton Yelchin played Charlie. Oh, there you go. Reunited and it feels so good. God, fucking uh, punk girls—they look so dirty. <laughs> Everybody in this looks pretty dirty. Yeah. Um. And yet the movie was not, like, gritty. Dark and gritty. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, well, it was dark at points, but... It's because Michael Bay wasn't directing it. But, I mean, you would think a movie with, like, the punk culture would be, like, gritty and... But really, the cinematography is very clear. It's, like, a lot of uh, stationary camera. Yeah. I mean, it was was a very crisp movie. It wasn't like, um, yeah, I mean, it wasn't, uh, there wasn't a lot of handheld cam, like you said, um, and it was shot very cleanly. Um, there was a very heavy blue filter on most of the movie. Yeah. Um, and I think <laughs> they always do that in movies shot up, or not, that take place up here. Like, I'm sure it was probably filmed in Vancouver. Oh, no doubt. But, I mean, it's like, look outside right now. It's fucking sunny. <laughs> Would you use a blue filter to capture this day? It doesn't no. always rain here. I mean, when it rains, it fucking pisses rain. 
no doubt about that. And we only get about a month of sunshine. But oh no, it was actually filmed in Portland. Really, it's surprising. Um. Anyway, uh, at one point, Pat is he's talking to Darcy through the door, and they have they they have a gun that they got from one of the security guards. And he comes to the terms with, with Darcy that he'll give him the gun, but they're going to keep the ammo. So he sticks his arm through the door and just gets his arm fucking cut to shreds. Yeah, and I couldn't tell what happened at first, but when I finally realized it, I'm like, oh, fuck. His hand is just like hanging. Yeah. That was so gnarly. <laughs> yeah. They were not shy with the, with the fucking gore in this movie. No, I, um, I was going to get to that later, but oh. this this is not really a horror movie. No, it, but it's it's like a high violence thriller. Yeah, but there there is some fucking gore in it. Yeah, you, like there's there's that. You see a guy get his belly cut like vertically. Um, you see a guy get his throat eaten out by dogs. Yeah, and and you see all of it you see a guy get shot in the face with a shotgun and it's real be, or it's realistic because his head doesn't explode like it does in a lot of movies he just i mean he takes a fucking load of buckshot in the face and it just looks like he has a crater face i mean like he, by the way that guy did you recognize that guy no it's the singer from scott pilgrim Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> I knew I recognized him and I had to look him up when I got home. Um speaking of him, he's part of the storyline where like the the girl who died was apparently leaving with him. Yeah, like they were bailing on the skins. Yeah. And that, that's a no no. That plot line seemed a little unnecessary, as well as the heroin plot line. Well, eh. I mean, I I don't know how much to explain. I don't know if it's like a spoiler at all. Uh, it doesn't really give away anything. Okay, well, I mean, I think that the heroin, which was actually the the the, the room where they the the lab and the stash room are underneath the green room. Mm-hmm. And I think that is why um, Darcy didn't just charge in because he was kind of trying to protect his investment. Okay. I mean, it's it's a, it's a little thin, but I, I I think that's what they're going for. Um, and as far as the girl and and David was that his yeah. name? Yeah. Um, them leaving. That was why she was stabbed in the head. Okay, yeah. And that's kind of what set this all in motion. So, But, I mean, realistically, you could have not really had a reason and it wouldn't have mattered. It could have been like the she was like like the, the, the guy that stabbed her was trying to fuck her or something and she wasn't having it or something like yeah, that. It, it could really have been could a have lot been simpler. Anything. Um. But, I mean, ultimately, David tries to help them. Yeah. And, you know, without that motivation, you know, him trying to trying to get away from the, all of it and him wanting to help them escape, I guess, without that element of the story, there may have not been that motivation to help. 
So I mean, was it was it absolutely necessary? No, but it 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 played into the story well, I guess. Yeah, more so the heroin thing. I felt was superfluous, and I felt like it 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 almost took attention away from the main storyline. A bit. Because I, I kept expecting it to play a bigger role, mm-hmm. and it just never did. Sure. Um, do I like Anton Yelchin? <laughs> I don't know, do you? I don't know either. <laughs> I don't. I can't decide. I don't really have a problem with him, I guess. Um, I don't even remember the first thing I saw him in. But, I mean, I liked him in Burying the X. I like him as um, Chekhov in Star Trek movies. Yeah. Um, I didn't mind him in this. He was kind of a... For being a punk, he was kind of a wuss. Yeah. Like, most punks are, like, real fucking hard asses. But he was kind of a pussy. He's kind of like an anti-hero, too, throughout the whole thing. A little bit. Like, you've got... um. Reese was kind of like the badass of the group. Yeah. He, you know, like he put the guy in the arm bar. And Which is weird because he's the drummer. In <laughs> my experience, drummers are not like that. Unless they're like roided out or something. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, um, this movie is loud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's, I, I think... I think we were talking about that earlier. Just like all the fucking just street punk that was playing in this movie. It's just like, ah, yeah. Cause it's like, even, you know, when they're not on stage, you've, it, there's music playing through the, the loudspeaker uh-huh. and there's just always something going on. That's really loud. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I sound like an old man now, but <laughs> it is, it is something that happened. It is something that happened. <laughs> Uh, and then the, like the very end of the movie ends on this aww moment yeah and I was just like wait really <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was it was kind of a I mean for all the shit that happens like cause this movie not not plot wise but just things that happen it fucking falls apart like shit goes way wrong <laughs> Yeah, for everyone. <laughs> yeah, um, and I mean, like, like I said, I mean that's not a bad thing. Like, just it, the plot wise, or not not plot wise, but I'm not explaining this right. I'm, or I'm not not. I know what, what you I mean, mean. Yeah, but I can see someone who hasn't seen the movie not having any clue what you're talking about. The story was not a problem. I mean, the story was fine. It was the things that happened to, happened to the characters. So many bad things happened that it seems like the world is falling apart. There you go. That kind of thing. Just shit goes way wrong. Yeah, and like I said, for everyone. Yeah. Um, and so for it to end the way that it did, it seemed a little too neat. Re- regardless of the fact that everything else was wrong. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it just seemed a little too clean, I guess. Uh, and, and like you said, kind of sweet. Yeah, in a, in a way, just like kind of out of character for the rest of this movie. Well, yeah, especially since it was like with a bad guy, right? <laughs> I was like, wait, so am I supposed to feel sorry for him? I don't know what's going on now. <laughs> um, but I actually really like this movie. It's 
pretty good. Yeah. Um, once I found out what it was about, because honestly, when you put it on the calendar, I didn't even bother to look. <laughs> I was kind of, su- I was kind of surprised. Like, I think I, f- I read about it like a week before and then almost immediately forgot what it was about. <laughs> and then like right before I went, I left the house to go see the movie. I read, read about it again. I'm just like, Hmm. Okay. But it, it wasn't bad. A horror movie. It was not like you said before, but yeah, but I, but I mean, it will, it will get your, your, like if you're a gore hound, it's, it's got plenty of it. Yeah. Um, and it, and it's very tense at points Yeah, for, for a lot of the movies, like really, but it, but it is more of like an action thriller mm-hmm. style than just a straight horror. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like, like, like we, Taylor said, and like, we, like we talked before, um, all the fucking gore in this is like, it's, it's brutal because it's so real. Yeah. Like I mean, like like I said, the perfect example is that guy taking buckshot in the face. Like you know, you see so many movies, somebody gets shot in the head with a shotgun, and their head turns into soup. Yeah, it doesn't actually happen, especially when you're about five feet away from them. Or like the part when uh, they're like, maybe she's not dead. I don't see any blood. And the guy goes up and grabs the knife and starts dragging her across the room by the knife. Yeah, and then just yanks it out and it just starts flowing blood. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. Yeah. Uh, pretty rough yeah I think like most of the people in theater but especially the the dumb bitches behind me as soon as they started dragging her by the knife they're just like oh my god (laughs) and when they cut the dude's belly open my god yeah I was just like ah (laughs) anyway and like right before that happened the girls behind me were like just fucking kill him (laughs) (laughs) oh Poots. (laughs) Poots. <laughs> Imagine Poots. <laughs> Side project of Imagine Dragons. <laughs> Where they just fart into the microphone. <laughs> um, Pussy farts. Those are Poots. <laughs> I thought those are Queefs. Quiffs? Quiffs. Something I heard once. Never mind. Okay. This <laughs> John Leguizamo comedy album. John Leguizamo. All right. <laughs> the pest himself, folks. <laughs> Was he bugging out? Yep. House of bugging. <laughs> uh, no, I really like this. I thought the acting was really good by everyone. Yeah. Um, Patrick Stewart's American accent can use a little work. This is true. <laughs> I, I wasn't sure at times if he was supposed to have an accent or not. Couldn't imagine that there were a lot of British skinheads. I mean, I could be wrong, but yeah. I mean, I'm sure there are, but it's not something you think of automatically. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think when I think skinheads, I think of like American punks. I don't. Sure. But I mean, that it could just be that he's was the owner and that was his clientele. Well, he was clearly their leader. <laughs> Well, yeah, but I mean, was that because he was a skinhead or because they gravitated to him? Well, he did drop an N-bomb. This is true. <laughs> I forgot about that. That was weird. 
hearing Patrick Stewart use the N-word was uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. It's like hearing your grandpa say something anti-Semitic or something. <laughs> I mean, it's like hearing like Morgan Freeman use the N-word. I have heard that. Really? Yeah. He says it in Wanted. Oh. It's weird. <laughs> See? That's what I mean. It's weird. Wait, no. No, he doesn't say it. I've heard him say it before, but it wasn't wanted. Matt, it was motherfucker, <laughs> which was weird. That sounds weird, too, yeah. Anyway. Anyway, I really liked it. I thought it was good. It was uh, tense. It was bloody. It had everything that I would want in a horror movie, despite not really being a horror movie. <laughs> Fair enough. So I am going to give it a eight. All right. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, basically all things you said, it was, it was tense and it was tight. Like the movie was like, it was very well done. I mean, there wasn't a lot of dragging mm-hmm. in it. Um, most of the movie seemed like it had a point. Um, like you said, I mean, like, like the heroin thing, maybe that could have been eliminated. Maybe. Um, but other than that, yeah, it was very, it was very, it was very tight, very, uh, well paced, um, shot well, like we talked about before and the acting was on par. Had some funny moments. A few. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean like, uh, despite it not being a straight horror movie, it was pretty enjoyable. Um, so, uh, I think I'll give it a seven cool cool um also as part of our our revamp we are retiring plot holes um it's i mean it doesn't take a lot of time and effort to do but maybe not for you coming up with stuff is just kind of (laughs) both both for me and tony it's just coming up with stuff is kind of taxing and it 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 started to feel a little stale i started to feel a little forced if if you guys really like it we can we can think about bringing it back but as of now, it's going to be on indefinite hiatus. So this is going to do it. Yeah. So that's uh, wrapping it up for this uh, episode 61. Um, we're going to be back in a week or so because <laughs> <laughs> we're maintaining our normal schedule. Uh, what is one more episode and then Crypticon? Correct. Yeah. That's coming up quick, guys. Um not sure exactly what we're going to include in that episode because we are paneling this year. So I imagine we'll include some panels and maybe some interviews and, you know, odds and ends. It feels like two two years ago when we went to our first one, we kind of like recorded everything. Yeah. And we put it all in there. Yeah, because we didn't know what to put in. <laughs> and then last year, we kind of did the opposite where we didn't really do anything. <laughs> well, it's like we, we, we went to stuff and we went to panels and we talked to a few people but we didn't really record anything we just we came back on the show and talked about it yeah which i think if we can find a middle ground we'd be good right i think i, I don't know we'll have to we'll have to talk about it a little more but i don't know how the panels play on the podcast yeah i, I definitely don't want to I, we're getting into a conversation about it here but i don't i definitely want to play like a whole panel yeah um because i mean those are an hour long we're moderating a panel yeah, that should be interesting. Yeah, so we're going to see how that goes. <laughs> yeah, if you guys are coming to Crypticon, 
by all means, please come say hi. Uh, we're going to have free buttons. So if you come say hi to us, you can have a free button. Yes. We're going to have a shitload of them. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to have buttons yeah, coming out of our ass. Don't worry about us running out. Um, so yeah, that, that should be fun. Um, next episode, we're going to be reviewing Bite and uh, The Darkness. <laughs> I was wondering if you're going to remember to say it's, it that way. It's, I, I told you, I can't not. There's going to be a lot of Charlie Murphy puns. <laughs> and bacon. And bacon. So much bacon. So, tune in then. Uh, check us out at graveplotpodcast.com. Subscribe to the show on iTunes and Stitcher. Leave us a rating and a review. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter and whatever social networks you like. Yep. So... Until next time, I'm Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. And this has been the... St- what? What were you going to say? I don't know. <laughs> it started with an S and it was like, that's not right. <laughs> this has been the Grave Plot Podcast, where we're all a little dead inside.